right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Golden Craft Cast. You're here with your host, Manny and Sergio. Yes, you know Sergio's here. And today we have another very special guest. A returning guest. That's right. You know him. My brother, Javi. Why, hello there. Yes, <laughs> aficionado of all Star Wars related things and pop culture. He's won many trivias and he's been a huge fan of Star Wars since very young. Yes, I'm kind of a fan. Star Wars kind of or Star fan. Trek. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you ask me this in the house I was raised in? I know, but for the audiences. <laughs> okay, well, first off. Uh, let me be very clear about Star Trek. I have nothing against it whatsoever. It has a lot of golden sh- uh, shat nurse <laughs> moments in it. Yep. And uh, it's 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 a great show for what it is, and I don't think that science fiction would be where it is today if it weren't for that landmark show. However, for me, it's going to be Star Wars. And it's going to be Star Wars, if I had to pick between the two, simply because Star Wars is just a melding of science fiction and fantasy in a way. And I think it appeals to me more that way. Mm-hmm. And it's George Lucas and John Williams. So, I mean, th- that music really made it epic, you know? Yeah, very iconic. I mean, the special effects and everything, you know? I think the yeah. special effects in Star Trek were a little strange. We're getting a little off tangent here, but that's, you know, that's what we do here. Yeah. They were um, but today's episode is about... The Mandalorian. The Manda-freaking-Lorian. We're finally going to talk about this after so long. We've been waiting for this. It's a good thing that you guys are keeping up with the trends, I must say. Very timely. Yeah, yeah, We really have to. You know, it's very competitive. um, But, you know, the thing that brings a lot of cultures together is right now Disney Plus has half as many followers of Netflix within six months of it being released. More than half. Uh, Yeah. So it's it's really becoming very popular and and anyone yeah. that's seen Disney, like the Mandalorian if you're a Star Wars fan you know that this is more than just the Baby Yoda show. Right. Which a lot of little kids I think they they kind of gravitate towards oh my god it's the Baby Yoda. I think a lot of people were gravitating towards that. There's you know? a lot of badass moments in this season. I mean the first season is its own you know, but the second yeah. season really just gave us what it, what the fans wanted. To yeah, see. it brought more into the uh, Star Wars universe than it could. Like they even brought in like, people from like the Clone Wars, and mm-hmm. people from like from the original trilogy, and from the animated series. Yeah, the yeah the Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah. So the thing about this Clone season Wars. that's very special, at least I think, is the fact that. You know, it could have been just a one-season show. I wouldn't have liked it to be, but it could have been, you know, if we judged it by that metric, it's it's just fine. The fact that they made a second season and improved on the first season is just, that's what makes it phenomenal. I, I will say without any wavering uh, that this is probably my favorite show um, that I've seen definitely in the past, like, decade. Yeah. For damn right. sure. It's, yeah. Definitely. And I think... It, the main reason why it's kind of been that way for me is you could really f- see the passion behind it. Mm-hmm. You could see that the people like Dave Filoni, uh, Mr. John Favreau, you know, they they were star they are Star Wars fans. They and, did their yeah. research. They did their the homework and and you know showed it thusly. Uh, my favorite joke that I like to hear is uh, you know poor John Favreau. Uh, he was hospitalized recently. Oh shit! Uh, tremendous back pain. It's because he's carrying the entire Star Wars franchise on his shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw know. that meme. Yeah. Good one. yeah. 
<laughs> I also saw the meme that it was like, it was like the guy that says, um, I am the captain now. But he says, listen to me. John Favreau was the new George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh God, dude. Like, hey, oh God. I, just, I just, I think, and you know what? I'm not really sure what George thinks of the show, but I think he likes it. Yeah, well, actually, um, I heard a rumor. I think we talked about this in one of the episodes with um, Pascal that he had a, a confrontation kind of with the writers of Mandalorian saying, like, I want to be able to take off my helmet more. And they were like, no, you can't. Like, this is, you know, this is the way, basically. Right. <laughs> and, um, you know, George Lucas, like, he went behind their back and he went to like George Lucas yeah. and like their company and like basically like talked to them and and he talked to them and tried to get him to side with them and stuff like that and basically caused like some weird drama in between like cuz right now it's a transfer of power between you know George Lucas's company and Disney you know right. what i'm saying like they're transferring everything but they're actually still pretty close with you know um the Lucas company and and everything like that uh, and Skywalker Ranch and stuff but mm. It, it, I heard like when I w- read this blog post, they basically said that they're trying to like put their hands a little too much into the series and stuff like yeah. that. And Disney kind of just had to be like, okay, guys, like it's you know we still want to remain friends, we still, but we we need creative you know leadership on this, and that's that's exactly what we see the result of. And I'm glad they kind of did it that way because you know I don't know about you guys, but when I watched the first episode of Mandalorian, all I kept thinking about is like this is like a badass western sci-fi yep. right you know mm-hmm. yeah which I, I know a lot of people like and, and that's the thing is western brings older generations and the people from the 80s and the people from now like together and kind of makes you kind of look at the, this this hero this protagonist right and you see his you know goal throughout the universe is basically like the his way is to return this little green guy yeah. to its master right. to get it to be trained you know, and yeah. it's it's really crazy how, you know, all the different people you meet and all the characters and stuff. Yeah, within like the Star Wars galaxy, you know. Yeah. Wait, before I start talking before anymore, that. my yeah, mouth be- is getting dry. Let's uh, <laughs> let's talk about this beer that you spilled earlier. <laughs> all right, Jackass. <laughs> so, gentlemen, today, for Christmas, I have brought to you the uh, Anchor Brewery special Christmas sale that they release every year. This is a 2020 release. Yeah. It's only 7% alcohol, but it is very delicious, a nice thick beer. Uh, let me go ahead and read what it says around the label on the top here because, you know, they, they they put a lot of work in this, and I think it's it's it like bears the, repeating. I like the texture. It's very, like, um, mm-hmm. rustic. It's very, like, it's like matte old paper. Taste. It looks like Christmas. So yeah, it's like recycled paper, actually, I think. This is the 46th annual, our special ale from the brewers at Anchor. This ale, made with natural flavors, features a different recipe and tree every year but the intent with which we offer it is the same joy and celebration of the newness of life these symbolize the winter solstice when the earth with its seasons appears born anew the three graces representing radiance joy and flowering are giant sequoias what John Muir called Columns of Sunshine in California Mariposa Grove. Their synergistic beauty is awe-inspiring. Sorry if that sounded weird as I was reading it. Now that I think about it, I should have took the label off and then read it instead of read around the bottle. Yeah, because it was, was kind of hard to follow. You know what is so <laughs> wild about this? Well, you were talking about Star Trek, so I had to go kind of William Shatner on well, it. Well, <laughs> get this. 
Muir Woods mm-hmm. is where they filmed Endor. Oh, is it? Yes. Oh shit! Okay. That's where they filmed where they were the speeders and everything like that. Yeah. They have a statue of Yoda in Muir Woods. Huh. And dude, if you've ever been to Sequoias, you've ever seen those redwoods. Oh my god, bro! Those redwoods. Well, let's crack this guy open. <laughs> there you go. To the craft. Cheers. Mm. Cheers. Cheers. Salud. Mm. That is damn tasty. Good job from the people from Anchor Brewing. San Francisco. Mm. The three graces. The three graces here. Super fresh. Yeah. Just from up north. It tastes like up north. It's got... This is a seven percenter. It tastes like Christmas. It tastes like... It's got a piney flavor. Christmas morning. It's it's very piney, but it still has like um, You can tell it's like a brown, like Newcastle almost. Yeah, it's like a... Like roasted notes on it. Mm-hmm. Like it's very like... I feel a bit of bitterness at the end. A little bit of bitterness. Little a little bit of... Sweetness at the start, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. I like the little graphic, too. It looks like an old school, like, stamp or something like that. Victorian and, era... Uh, yeah, wood carving. Wood carving. Right, yeah. Yep. That's cool. Yeah, almost coffee. Like. Oh, yeah, the, you could tell this is a Christmassy beer. Mm-hmm. This is a nice campfire or like chim- sitting down by the chimney kind of beer. Right, you know? just enjoy that It's beer. got those spices. Uh, a lot of Christmas seasonal beers are very heavy on the spices. Yeah. And I'm glad this one is right in between of just roasted yeah. and, and, and like a nice IPA. Yeah. It's just right. It just feels right. Yeah, this is nice. Thanks, man. Yeah. Oh, cheers. Merry Christmas. Have a Christmas. Happy Christmas, everybody. Happy and this Christmas. was this this season, this Mandalorian season was a happy Christmas for you know for many a little a Star Wars boy and girl out there. Yeah. What grew up watching the escapades of Han Solo and Chewbacca and Mr. Luke Skywalker and of course our lovely Princess Leia. May she rest in peace forever. Mm-hmm. And also Chewbacca. And just recently, <laughs> our... Uh, why am I forgetting his name? And this that... is in Boba Fett. Yeah. And earlier, David Prowse, I believe is his name. And also um, Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. We're losing a lot of them, folks. Tell them you love them while you can. That's all I got to say. Get them while they last. <laughs> you so know? you guys want to get into it now? Well, I mean, we already kind of I mean, did get into our first thoughts on yeah. Mando. I mean, initially, you know? like, what did you guys think about this series in general? Just the first time you watched the first episode. I feel like they honed down more of the acting roles, yeah. you know, between everybody. I think that, um, I don't know, man. I, I, I feel like they really found their, their niche the first season, and this season might have been a lot smoother for them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, production-wise, shit, dude, they they went hard. They got all different kinds of special directors and special celebrities to be on the show. So, yeah. you know, it, it made it more interesting, too, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, like, they had a really interesting selection of directors because everyone brought their own unique um, aesthetics into it. Mm-hmm. And it really worked. And what makes it Star Wars, like, very unique is that the fact that they brought in different directors, like right after George um, directed the first Star Wars, he brought in another guy, and then they brought a different, complete different guy on the third one. So 
I mean, they be they kept doing that, you know. Like yeah. even in the sequel trilogies, they got like well, they were initially gonna have three different directors, but it ended up being like two different ones. Those probably the ones that kind of stepped up more to the plate. Yeah, more that had like a vision for Star Wars, you know, and just knew. And they Favreau had the was the one. I mean, that's why they gave Favreau. I yeah. think. Well, dude, they gave him Jungle Book. Yeah, they gave him Avengers. Well, you know? they gave him Iron Man. He was like the yeah. first MCU movie, you know. Yeah. So he was the first one to start it off. So he knows, he knows like what he's getting himself into and what franchise this is. Yeah. And that's the thing that makes Star Wars, um, you know, Mandalorian so unique, so great. Like is that there's this understanding of what people want want to see yeah. and what they need to see. And know? dude, let me tell you, like a lot of the like, if you think about Iron Man's suit and you think about Mando's suit and like how a lot of things functioned. Yeah. Like, you could see yeah. why, you know? Like, because, I, I mean, I just love the whole idea of him being able to get upgrades and all that. Yeah. Like, upgrading his stuff and his armor and getting, you know, the spear later on. To be honest, the very first episode, when I watched the first episode of Mando, I was like, okay, yes, more live-action Star Wars. Hell yes, I'm down for it. And I watched it. I was like, oh, is that what the plot's going to be? Like, is every episode going to be him getting a new part of his armor? And he's going to have, like, a complete set by the end of the series. And he's going to, like, merc some stormtroopers or something. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you see this tiny baby Grogu. You know, this, yeah. little, this little Yoda chap. And the whole world fell in love. And they're like, oh, this is different. This yeah. is yeah. now... This whole show is an escort mission in a video game. But on top of that, it's still... It's very lovely. And, you know, it takes a lot of inspiration from... A lot of the older Japanese uh, samurai films, yeah, of course, from the fifties, you know, yeah, and uh, and you know, seeing that translated into Star Wars is also is it's a very beautiful thing. And to touch on your point earlier about speaking about how there are different directors who worked on each of the episodes, mm-hmm. I think that's a strong choice, strong strong creative uh, from a creative standpoint, but very strong from Lucas's standpoint. You know, this is his baby. Right. And he's putting it in other people's hands, and he did that. And he saw that he had something on his hand that was bigger than him, in a way. And that was very brave of him. And what happens is, when you get these other directors or have other ideas, you just get a richer universe. You get right. a richer story. Yeah. You get different aspects from things that George probably never would have thought of to begin with, or John would have never thought to begin with. And, like, a key example is that Mr. Dave Filoni, who directed the Clone Wars animated series, perfect mm-hmm. for this job. Absolutely perfect because he did his homework, he did his research, and he said, like, you know what, let's build off of what was already established and people like, let's bring that shit back. So that's like the second episode mm-hmm. with the Jawas proved to me yeah. that this is this is Star Wars. Like this this is, you know, this is what what I wanna see, what I grew up seeing. That was so cool when he was like around the fire with them and they were like, you know, they were talking and he was like telling them stories and stuff like that. Yeah. Like that shit was cool, man. Because it really like that's something you don't really see. You don't really see their culture in that aspect, you know. And it was interesting that you, you like you said, you get that richer tapestry of of storytelling through these different directors. And I, I hope it continues that way. Honestly, yeah, it's still gonna be like that, you know. Yeah. And I mean, the talent of having you know John Leguizamo <laughs> as the main like dude yeah. that with the one eye claw, like the Cyclops guy. Yeah. I called him on Iclops. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's just talk about that first episode. Chapter nine. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> well, go ahead. Sand Jaws. 
directed by John Favreau. That was that was uh, that was great. Um, finally, get to see the crate dragon in all yeah. its glory in that. Holy crap! And for me, I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, no one was yeah. expecting it. And and you know the one thing. Let's start from the beginning. Let's start with the whole thing with John Leguizamo's character. You know, when we get to see the uh, the um, guards from Jabba's palace, yeah, duking it out. They're trying to make uh, ends meet. I believe Gamorreans, what they're called. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're freaking fighting in the ring with their vibro axes and stuff. And like, oh man, we finally get to see what those things do. Yeah. You know, they were just brandishing them in the first yeah. movie. We didn't really get to see what they were doing in, Re- in Return of the Jedi. And now we get to see them actually fight. And, uh, you know, John Leguizamo plays this like shady, you know, like mafioso type. And that's really cool seeing that in Star Wars. You know, you see the scum and villainy that we we love to adore of that series. Well, I just want to talk about the entrance of even him going into there, you know, with all the graffiti and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, dude, they're they're trying to talk about, you know, like city life, like scum shit, like in like yeah. ghettos, you know, you like he's basically walking through the ghetto like that's what they're trying to speak upon, you know, and like all the shit that goes on back doors where all the money's being made and all the people are getting, you know. Yeah, you see the underground of Star Wars, really. Yeah, and I think that's really cool, but yeah. I mean, it was a setup. Yeah. Yeah, that's I mean, what was great. It was a rich setup. It was a very rich introduction. It was a hook. Yeah. I like, mean, did you guys see the uh, the making of or the behind the scenes of The Mandalorian? The second season? I haven't seen it. I'm going to watch it. Okay. Well, I kind of... Well, I watched it, uh, the majority of it, but they talk about like how they did like the whole graffiti and everything, mm-hmm. and even like John Favreau's son got into it and he was doing his own graffiti in there. That's dope. And they were like <laughs> doing like stuff that was related to Star Wars yeah. too. Like they were like graffiti. Yeah. So like, they had an artist like to that had a mm-hmm. whole vision like, oh, we should have this and that, and then you know have mm-hmm. a little bit of like if you looked into it, like it has a lot of details. Like, yeah. A lot of culture between like different. Different Star Wars movies and different Star Wars it characters. What's kind of interesting like, is that graffiti graffiti was actually introduced into Star Wars in the Rebels show. Really? If you guys never seen it, I highly recommend Rebels. It's the actually Rebels very show. good. I kind of seen Rebels. Rebels is basically, the best way I can surmise it, it, it's the beginnings of the Rebel Alliance yeah. in the Star Wars universe. And one character is a Mandalorian in it, and her name is Sabine Wren, and she is a graffiti artist on the show in <laughs> no, Star Wars. Yeah. So it makes me wonder... Do, does Sabine do any of those works that we saw on the on in uh, you know in that episode she at pro- all? Yeah, she probably posted there for a minute. And yeah, did that. Yeah, that yeah. And that's that's the cool thing is that you could build upon this richness. So yeah, Rebels is basically like the best way I could surmise it. If I had any feelings, like if Star Wars tried to do Cowboy Bebop, and oh, that's yeah. that's pretty cool. It is it is pretty fun because you have that ragtag crew type of thing that you're following. Yeah, but that's the kind of world building that this show is 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 doing. It's bringing all that together. That's and, that's what I love about this. Show. And following the Mandalorian behind that is a perfect character to kind of bring all these different, you know, people into the, right. the light, you know, because he you deal with so many different people just as being a bounty hunter, mm-hmm. you know. But when people realize that you're good at killing, you're used to you're you're going to be used for more than just yeah. you know bringing in bounties. Yeah, talking about killing, they said that a lot on the, on the first episode. They say like, oh, he's a Mandalorian. He's good at killing. You know, yeah. that was the staple that they have on that race, you know. Oh, they weren't wrong. They weren't yeah. wrong. They weren't yeah. wrong. And yeah, he goes back to uh, Tatooine. Ah, yes. The planet of the three suns. He only, like, he's been in Tatooine or in desert planets the whole 
uh, first season, and then he has to go back to like say like, oh, well, um, someone told me like you know there's another there's another Mandalorian that looks like me, and then who does he find? Timothy Leary. No, I don't know. I just Oliphant. 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 He was also in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yep. Yeah, he was. Which is a movie we watched last which year. Which was funny because he was also, like, that was a Western. That yeah, it was, was a Western. He was he's supposed to be always like, casting as, like, a law enforcement. Yeah. He's, he's, he's the was law. In, he's the law. Yeah, he's in Justified. He was in um, New Season of Fargo as a cop, a state policeman. That's why this episode's okay. called The Marshal. And it's yeah. called The Marshal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the cool thing is, is that, you know, they brought, you know, being a Star Wars fan, you'd be like, oh, God, Tatooine. Whoa, so exciting. So much mm-hmm. sand. I'm sounding like Anakin right now. Yeah. But it hates But sand. you know, it could be it could it could have been, you know, a repeat of stuff we already did, but they further built upon Tatooine. You know, yeah. they made Tatooine new again. Yeah. In yeah. some shape or way or form. And that 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 that's that's masterfully done and I like that. Yeah. You know, we get this whole thing of seeing the Boba Fett armor. Yeah. And all of a sudden that little boy of me was like <gasps> Is it him? Where'd he get is that it him? From? Where'd he get yeah. that from? Why is and he so skinny? Off. Yeah, why is he like, you know, like. <laughs> why does he look weird on Exactly. <laughs> you know, and then he takes it off and you're like, oh, there's a deeper story here. You know, I wonder what it is. Um, and, you know, that built the whole, you know, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves with that Boba Fett armor. Ahead, yeah. But, you know, we're, we're that this is already establishing the seeds in our mind of what's going to happen further yeah. on within the season. The speculations we've been hearing is like, oh, they're mm-hmm. actually going to do it. Mm-hmm. Dude, you know how many like blog posts and like different media sources made so much over just talking about every single episode and all the little Easter eggs and all the different shit? Like, dude, there was a lot of stuff that was written in just for people to just geek out on, you know? Yeah. And uh, I think like like definitely, like you said, like going back to that area, going back to that zone, but then seeing this beast... That you've never like even known has existed or never have it's seen. It's been like, mentioned, but we never saw. Yeah. It. We only see like the skeleton of a whelp, you know, yeah, a, yeah. a young one. In yeah. The, in the very first Star Wars, right after the escape pod lands in, in the Tatooine desert yeah. with R two and C three PO. Three CPO is just like walking. It's like a panning shot, and you just yeah. see it right there in the background. Mm-hmm. And crazy. you're like, what the hell is that? Like, like I'd hate to see that thing alive. And we yeah. got to see it alive and bigger than life. Oh God. Those poor Dude, sand, those poor sand people. That, <laughs> that part when he got mad and he went up to the top of the mountain and just like spit all that acid, like on everybody. He project vomit that acid yep. on oh, everybody. That was shit like, was tight. It was like, this is the worst kind of dragon ever. <laughs> like, it's like an underground dragon, Spy- you know, spiteful bastard. Because yeah. literally they God. took Tremors and mixed it with Jaws exactly. and put freaking Monster Hunter in there if you guys ever played that game. Yeah. Great game. So so behind the scenes, uh, they actually mentioned how like they were doing like test footage of that. And I didn't know, but it had legs. What? Yeah. <laughs> it has legs, like multiple legs that like a, he could like use. A like a centipede? Yeah. Oh, shit. And it's like very dragon-like and just like it's claws just like that's how he moves around and shit. And I was like, oh, I did not see that. That's creepy. Yeah. And I was like. <laughs> that's creepy. I think the whole thing when, when they like did the allegiance with the sand people. Yeah. And they were like, oh, yeah, they've been feeding it, you know. Yeah, they figured it and out. And then yeah. the guy brings the, what is it called? The the 
big the, those like cow looking things that they bring ba- in. Uh, bantha. Yeah, the ba- they bring the bantha yeah. down there, and then the sand person comes and he walks out, <laughs> and then he's like, "Oh yeah, he's like gonna get, he's gonna feed him the bantha," and then the guy goes out, he goes after the sand person, <laughs> and then the bantha's like, just oh, looking at God. him, just like, <laughs> like <"Er>, whatever. <laughs> well, it's like I, I have ba- like, I, he eats banthas all the time, so he's like, oh, I gotta eat a sand person. Yep. So the cool thing about the sand people is, you know, there was there's that absolute parallel between those old western movies you know where yeah you know the cowboys have the pioneers have to team up with the with the native americans you, you, you know yeah exactly and, and they were the standing for that that was a very good parallel and yeah. you know i love that we got a glimpse into into the culture of the sand people too right you know you don't you don't they're 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 people and yeah. you know the movies they were portraying them as these beasts or monsters mm-hmm. and it's like no they're not yeah, and, and and you know, Anakin made him out to be that way, but you know that's not the case, and they and they proved that with this film. At least they're they're showing you that. Yeah, I that, like that. That's why I like that scene where Mando's with them, and they're all sitting around the fire, and like they're like, yeah, he's, he's to like talking them. to them, and like that's when I was like, okay, like these guys are more than just like these people go at the top of a mountain you know yeah. what I'm saying it's like they have their own language and understanding it's just like you just have to talk with them you know yeah. I have that um, fucking that foundation you know ah yes and the gaffy stick which we get to see play later on yeah. in the, uh, the oh season God, yeah. we'll talk about that talk so so okay towards the end of the episode when they finally killed the bantha also I want to mention this before they killed the bantha they used the jetpacks like yeah. a lot in that episode and he even like uh, kind of he, when he smashed kicked it, yeah, that he exactly like, like what happened in Port Bobo yeah. when he filmed the <laughs> yeah. star. Like, I'm like, oh yeah. shit, it's still faulty. Uh, another thing I wanted to mention is that I like how this, like, uh, did you guys notice that it was widescreen for like the majority of the episode, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. it went into like IMAX format, mm-hmm. like it was like. I thought that was awesome. They did that on, you know, to raise the whole, and you don't even notice it. That's what was so cool is like you had to rewatch it and and then realize that they did that. (laughs) I didn't notice it when they did the first time. It was Mm -hmm. so subliminal at first because you're so caught up in the action. But but you're right. That added to the epicness of it. You know, it's an unconscious thing that you or subconscious thing that you know we're seeing them changing the format because they want to show you. Yeah, this shit's epic. Makes yeah. me wonder if they did that for other episodes too, and I just didn't notice. I I don't think they did. I think they only did it for this episode. Mm-hmm. But it was cool. It was like watching a Christopher Nolan movie, because yeah. most of it was like widescreen, and then some parts are like shot in IMAX or something. Yeah, I wonder if it was an IMAX camera that they use, or something else. But they used a lot of different cameras. Yeah, they did actually. Like I seen that behind the scenes, and they used they used a lot of Panavision, specifically that camera. All right. But that's a great episode. And what's great about it is that the end of it segued to the next episode, The Passenger, Chapter 10. Directed by Peyton Reed. Yes. And we had that one with the uh, our lovely little frog woman with all her, her yeah. eggs. And the controversy that this episode oh, had. Oh, God. <laughs> with little baby Grogu's. Birth uh, control. Yeah. <laughs> so. A baby. A lot of people were trying. Some people were trying to boycott the show because of those scenes with Baby Grogu God, what is eating wrong with people. I don't know. They get triggered easily, man. Yeah. I mean, and the whole thing is like it's it's like it's a movie. You know, it's a show. It's it's, a it's show. fantasy. Come on, yeah. Come yeah. on. You don't. You, what are they trying to say here? What are they trying to say? I know, right? And, and they're looking for all this these hidden meanings that aren't there. I'm like, just 
Come on, people, just enjoy it for That's what it was. Did. It's a baby. He's hungry. He's looking. He's for always food. hungry. And, and if you notice, for those couple days, they didn't really have food. They did. Like they didn't. They yeah. I and mean, it was he a even couple hours. That he's like, he's like, I know you're hungry, little like, dude. Like the last thing he ate was a crate dragon, back yeah. on Tatooine. Yeah, that was the last oh, thing crap. he probably got to eat. Poor kid. What do you think of that? You I'll watch a child starve. <laughs> yeah, you fucking monster. <laughs> and then make another. Uh, okay, I gotta man. talk about that backpack, dude. That backpack was badass. Yeah, yeah. It was, was like a real cool. thing, and the and you know they probably mapped out parts of the. It looked like um. She was wearing like an actual suit or something, right? Yeah. And then there's, and then when it switches, when they're in there, like it switches over to, you know, she's actually like leaping and jumping. Yeah, it's like CGI. Yeah. So I thought it was pretty cool how they were able to do that. And then they did features on her, on her face that were some parts were puppets, some parts were like CGI, you know, so they mixed that in pretty well. And it was cool that, you know, she didn't fall into the classic TV science fiction trope of a person with a mask in a costume. In. <laughs> yeah. Because that, that that's every science fiction that we've made so far, except Star Wars has been doing a pretty good job of not doing that. And then, you know, they went ahead and made her start leaping like an actual toad or frog would. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that that's cool. Like, that that I appreciate. Yeah. You know, they went past that trope and did it. And this is as close as we're going to get to a Star Wars uh, horror movie so far, too. Yeah, oh, you know. yeah, those spiders though. Yeah. Um, yeah, I want to talk about those spiders because that was actually an initial idea that was for initially for um, Empire Strikes Back, and it was actually created and drawn by uh, Ralph McCreary, I believe that's the gentleman's name, and they couldn't ha- um, they couldn't bring the that creature into that film for whatever reason. So they thought they're like, oh, let's just bring it into the Mandalorian because there's like. There's a shitload of like ideas that weren't it's used. Like we got all these files, man. You we know, could just pick away from like, like you know, they have a whole bevy pick, exactly. And the cool thing is, those spiders were actually introduced in Rebels. Yeah. Yep. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yep. So right. more, more, more Rebel shout out here for you people out there. And I'm yeah. gonna say, Ezra Bridger, he's annoying. He's the main character. He's annoying. Yeah. But but get past that. Look past that. Look at the lore. So look like at the a, story building. It's sort of like Ahsoka. Yes. Because she was annoying initially. She was annoying initially. Yeah. But now, and we'll get to that later. We're still on chapter, <laughs> you're still on chapter 10 here, buddy. Slow yeah. your roll, treasure troll. And I'm the one that was like, oh, let's, let's do, do it one by, by one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I kind of wanted to talk about season one. Maybe we'll talk about it yeah. in well, another episode. Like but, yeah. I mean, okay. More weapons in this one. Yeah. In this episode, right? I mean, Yeah. He had, well, what do you mean by that? The X-Wings. The X-Wings come in. Yeah. Okay. And they save their ass. And those guys have those dope-ass snipers. Uh, the rifles, yeah. Yeah, the rifles that just come in and bust ass. And then, uh, okay, this is what I, that's what I need you guys to clear up for me. Because I kind of didn't really understand. So, he was illegally entering the area, Right. He was, because uh, he didn't have the right documents. Cause he wasn't sending out his ping. Yeah. Uh-huh. From what I believe, the ping is how you identify a ship. Mm-hmm. And because he wasn't sending out a ping, that's suspicious. You know, mm-hmm. they were on patrol, and they saw that this dude didn't have basically his registration up for all to see. Yeah. Right. And they're like, all right, so uh, what's your deal? You know, and I love that the X-Wings are like the cop cars in this. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Like, that's so cool. I'm like... 
and seen that like high speed chase, you know, like yeah, that shit was cool, like, man. Look that white Bronco out. speeding on the four hundred five. Oh my god! But that was the, that was the juice. first that was the first instance of Mando ship getting pulverized. Yeah. Oh god, dude! Stop talking. Stop. Yeah. Stop. No, I felt bad, dude. Like, yeah. well, we'll get this. getting shot at. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But this is the first instance of of his property and basically what he has to run through the galaxy and do his thing. Yeah. It started getting trash. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it sucked because he couldn't go into like um, uh, light speed. Yeah, because that's why because he had of a, the eggs. He had to crawl. Yeah, he had to crawl. And you know he was doing her a favor, but at the same time putting himself at great risk. But he did it all for the kid. That's what's important. You yeah. know, it's, it's, we realize that. Well, he did it for multiple kids at that point. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you that's know? true. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Um, so they got, when he, he got scotch free. And then when he limped back to what was it Montressor? I forget the name of the, the planet that he that they went to. It was the one with the with the uh, catfish looking dudes. Yes. Oh well yeah, that was the Mon Calamari okay. on so you chapter eleven. To the heiress. The heiress. The heiress. Directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. And up to that point, that episode was my favorite. And it was it really was actually good. really good. It yeah. was really damn yeah. good. We got to meet freaking uh, Bo-Katan, Bo-Katan, the heiress yeah. of the you know the Mandalorian. Action. You know we get to see her live action for the first time. Yeah, and we're like, holy crap! If they're doing Bo-Katan good, who else can they do good? You know? Yeah. And uh, you know the fact they went that, heavy on the cosplay here. Well, yeah, but the fact <laughs> that you see like the old AT-ATs being yeah, repurposed yeah. as cranes. Yeah, I'm like this is great. Like this is the type of world building oh I God. want. You know. They mm-hmm. could they could have like shown some new instrumentation right. or something, but they actually that the fact that they were repurposed, you know, yeah. ATATs is just for their. It just makes that the world another richer. blog post that I saw. See, yeah. that's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about. Those Easter eggs, it's building on that same tapestry, and Mandalorian is just like making a whole new book for this, you know, for yeah. Star Wars. You yeah, know? it's a piece of the era, like uh, it's. Five years right after Return of the Jedi, so you get to see like, oh, that makes sense. It got repurposed to be like, you mm-hmm. know, this fright, this carrier frights. You know? Yeah, and that and shit was awesome. I, I when they went to go scope out the ships in the in the in the shipyard. Yeah, and they're scoping them out. They got the binoculars and they're all just chilling. One of them's like drinking a bottle or something like that. <laughs> and they're just like, yeah, we're gonna go hijack this tomorrow. I hope you're ready. Another time he uses his rockets, by the way. Yeah. He uses his rockets and, and they basically take over that whole ship and they're dual wielding. Like everyone is dual wielding the whole time, just walking through the hallway. Two, 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 two. And then finally they reach that cargo area and then he's like we locked him. We locked him in. He's like, what do you mean you locked him? We locked him it's in the like, cargo where, control area. Where? In the cargo control area. I love how stupid they made them look. It's, it's so good. They didn't have to, but they did. Yeah. And the, my favorite was the two pilots looking at each other like, <laughs> I don't do know. Do whatever you have to do that's necessary. Ah, shit. <laughs> It's like we're gonna die. Long live the empire. <laughs> cool thing uh, was that there was this was also a throwback to episode one of the Mandalorian, chapter one in this episode. Yeah. Um, he got paid for the first job with with uh, I forget the name of the dude that they catch that amphibian dude. Um, in the very first episode, he got paid with the uh, calamari, Mon calamari uh, currency. I don't know what the name of it's called, yeah. but that's what he used to pay for information in this episode. So it's the fact, oh, yeah, like, did, like yeah. now it's like how much stuff that that we just didn't think of much in season one, 
is going to be really important going forward. Right. You know, and and I, and I love that they went back and did that. They didn't have to at all, but they did it. And and you know, just that that level of cohesion is rare today. Yeah, it's extremely rare. Yeah, if they're gonna uh, have a throwback on the original trilogy, might as well do it yeah. on that. And Dude, well, that's I mean, that's that's what I'm talking about. Everything. That's the that's the challenge right there because they're having all these different directors, and for you to be able to write the next part cohesively, there needs to be a lot of communication, mm-hmm. a lot of like oh, research yeah. done, and everyone did their shit to be able to make sure this stayed solid. Yeah, and to agree upon it too, you know, just yeah. having to be all in agreement on the same page. Yeah, and also. Um, in this episode, we got introduced to, I believe, the character that Sasha Banks played was yeah. the other Mandalorian, and you know her her background comes into play later in the in the in the episode, or I mean in the season. Yeah. But uh, you know the fact that she's a pro wrestler and they have her on. Yeah. And like, I'm like, okay, what are they gonna do with this? Because they didn't do nothing with her on that episode, yeah. really, just in just action. Yeah. Uh, we get that payout a little bit later, but that was a good episode because we also got a glimpse of maybe the potential. That the show could have when yeah. they're talking about the dark saber and all that. Yeah, that you know? kind of brings it in, and he's kind of not in the loop of that because he doesn't know why he's jacking the shit. And they're actually going after Moff, G- uh, Moff Gideon, mm-hmm. and at this point, like Mando thinks he's still dead. Yeah, you know? and and that's true. And the fact that they, uh, it, he he still thinks that he's dead. Yeah, you know, and yeah, Luis Desposito, man, what a. What a, what, what a guy. A, what a guy. What a guy. You know? uh, they did an interview and they asked him like, oh, oh, we like the little baby Yoda show. And it's like, he's like, please don't kill him, daddy. Or something like that. He's like, I will squish that little shit. <laughs> like, I will that squish little that little shit. shit. <laughs> it's like, dude, that's a real villain right there. Yeah. He, comes out with a, he comes out with a box cutter. He's all like, you know what this means. <laughs> Breaking Bad. Oh shit, dude! <laughs> um, yeah, it was a great episode. And they also name dropped uh, Ahsoka Tano. Yup, and, and I got so excited. Me too. I was like, "Holy crap! They're it, really doing it." <laughs> there was like one tear coming out of my right we, eye. We knew about Rosario <laughs> Dawson being casted, but we didn't know whether or not she'd be able to pull it off. Exactly. And that's when our episode Siege comes in, Chapter Four. For Chapter 12, 12. episode 4 of season 2. The it's the fourth episode. Yes. Directed by Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers directed this. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. Freaking Grief, man. Uh, what is it? Grief Karga. Grief Karga. Probably man. one of my favorite new characters in all in all of this. Yeah. He's so good. Yeah, yeah he it, told me... Uh, well, he told me. In the, he told you, huh? Yeah. God, introduce me sometime. Yeah, you know. <laughs> In the behind the scenes, uh, he actually explained like he always wanted to direct and he understands action because, you know, he was in action movies. He was in Predator. Yeah. Fucking Rocky. Yeah. And he was in Rocky. He was Apollo, dude. He was Apollo. Apollo Creed. Creed. Chubbs. Yep. Chubbs. (laughs) Chubbs. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking love. It's all in the hips. It's all all in in the hips. It's all in the hips. Hell no. Goddamn elegant. I bit my hand out. (laughs) Ah, uh, yes. Adam Sandler. <laughs> I don't care what they say about you. You're a treasure. Uh, a treasure. We did it. We did we one of our episodes on that. Yeah. You didn't invite me? Sorry. We did it with uh, uh, David. Tardos. And Pablo. David and Pablo. Okay. YouTube mans. The YouTube guys. Oh, David yes. and Pablos. Okay. Pablo's had a lot of good information, too. Yeah. He had a lot of great. good tidbits. 
But Carl Weathers, man, mm-hmm. love the guy. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you know, Carl Weathers, I think, starred in this episode. To be yeah. perfectly honest, and you know, that's fine. He directed it and he starred in it, but he did a good job. It's my show. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Carl Weathers Hour. Yeah. I mean, Hell yeah, dude. I mean, you can see. I mean, you can see it as filler, but not really, because as soon as the name drop of Ahsoka Tana came up, mm-hmm. they just. I guess we expected like, oh, it's gonna be the next episode. No, it's not. He still has to get his his ship fixed, mm-hmm. and he goes into that back to that planet with um, uh, those two characters. Uh, it was the lady who does Helen Parr for The Incredibles. Was okay. it her? Really? No, or was that on Tatooine? That was on Tatooine. No, no, you're right. It was just these two other characters. And, and what's interesting is one of those aliens that was fixing a ship. Yeah, uh, was something that I remember seeing from like the concept art. For Star Wars, yeah. So he's an old design. He's not. He's not new. Go. Yeah. Yeah. So they're delving like that's just goes to prove that they're delving back to show you this stuff. And I like that there's a school on on, on the planet. You yeah. know, like oh, we get to see what school looks like for kids and that yeah. little shit who's eating all the macarons all by himself. He got reassigned as a baby school. Grogu. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's you <funny>. know. <laughs> <laughs> and he was hungry. He yeah. was hungry. Remember. That was like, funny. Well, All the kids are like, like, well, fuck you, kid. <laughs> All the kids were just like looking at him like, oh, who is that? He's like the new kid and yeah, stuff. they're all laughing you know? at him. They're like never But if anything, that's probably a genuine like, reaction. It's like, oh, we get to see Baby Yoda on set. <laughs> yeah, that might have been a genuine reaction. Yeah. Probably, yeah. you know. And, uh, you know, it was a good episode. They had the the uh, the protocol droid unit teaching the class. Yeah. Like, that's cool. I could totally see C-3PO teaching a class on, I don't know. Freaking biology or some shit like that. If anything, that's the right person to do it, but also not as entertaining. <laughs> Teachers got to have a charisma. Mm-hmm. And it was it, it was good that they built upon that. And yeah. uh, when they go into the action part, and you you get reintroduced to the 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 dude from the first episode. Yeah. I would forget what his name is. And that he's like three hundred years of of service indebted to Grief Karga oh for <laughs> screwing up his books and shit. I'm like hell yeah. Like, they give him so oh, much yeah. shit. Yeah, that. he deserved it. That <laughs> is another Hispanic actor. That's another celebrity. Horatio Sanz. Yeah, that's his name. Yeah, so he was one of the another guest actor that the comedian that they had on there. So um, yeah, dude, and they basically are pimping him out the whole time. They're like, oh, well, I guess... Uh, I, don't, I don't know if pimping was the right word. <laughs> well, yeah, because, dude, remember, he's were, paying off his credit. So what they were doing was... What, what what they were doing was basically, like, whenever he wanted whenever he wanted him to do something, he'd be like, I'll knock off three... three you got 300. 300 you, years. Got, you got 100 uh, so far. <laughs> knock off another 20 years off of your debt. He's like, okay, okay. He's like, oh. He's like, he did it oh, reluctantly. You want me to jump in this pit of lava, boss? Yeah, sure. Why not? There's, there's no guardrails. I know there's no guardrails. God, <laughs> no that's an ocean rail. nightmare. That's what they're showing. It's great. Oh, cool thing is that when they went into this the scene where they were they had the two scientists there, and you see those clones there. Yeah. Not a lot of people saw that. That was a connection to the Last Jedi. Yeah. You know, the whole thing with uh, uh, was it, um, the leader Snoke. 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 Yeah. Like, yeah, there's a lot of people. Well, there's a lot of speculation saying like, "Oh, that's cool. that's either Snoke or that's the Emperor." A lot of people are saying the Emperor. Ooh. Well, I think that Snoke might have been just yeah. a failed attempt to get Palpatine. Yeah, I mean, if they're 
establishing like at the beginning of uh, Rise of Skywalker that he was a clone, then I guessing they still got to play up on that you mm-hmm. know? and mm-hmm. kind of fill in the. I don't want to say their mistakes, but you know their mishaps. You know, well, of what happened, and that's a, that's a big responsibility to try to take on. To be honest, yeah. is that you know not only do we have to build upon the stuff that's already been made, but we need to also make the good st- the new stuff as good as this you know in yeah. some respect is is build it in even deeper to that and yeah. the whole thing where they're escaping in the the that was it that hummer with a gun okay. on it okay this one that that to me is what the episode is about yeah, yeah. okay because <laughs> that part was badass yeah. the badass chick goes out big classic storm troop for fight and then they're at the edge of this clip and there's a balcony they get into this like almost like a moving vehicle, like a storage U-Haul, like yeah. a trailer type of vehicle. Just a big heavy dude. All right, mm-hmm. they hop into this, and the stormtroopers basically chase him. She goes full speed off of the side of this balcony, <laughs> lands into this like crevasse of rock. They just like hover along and just like they make it, and uh, they start getting chased by uh, like a whole like hummers of. Stormtroopers, and then they well, get chased were, by two TIE fighters or like yeah. three TIE fighters. It was, yeah, it was three, and I believe it was um, speedrunners. And were using. who gets yeah. to get the gunner? None other than Carl Weathers. Yep. <laughs> and I got stuck. The whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, God, it was this is suspenseful. another Disney ride, you know? This could yeah. be another Disney ride if they were, like, I haven't been on the new one that they opened up, yeah. uh, unfortunately, yet. But I'm like, God, if it's anything like Same that, yeah. dude, that's, that's going to be a blast. <laughs> I've seen behind the scenes on it. It looks freaking amazing. Exactly. It looks amazing. Yeah. So, but yeah, dude. So Carl Weathers is at the seat. They blow up those TIE fighters. And what do you know? They're still alive. Yep. yep. And he comes in with the with Razor Crest all, all shiny and clean. brand new. Duos Ex Machina. Yep. And, and it's not a not a little cheap job either. Yeah. They do it right. Yeah, they do. So his ship is finally back in order. And that brings us to beer number two. Ah, yes. Beer number two. All right. We got a a beer number two. A, A. Okay, the reason I chose this beer is because it reminded me of the mud horns. Ah, yes. Uh The the mud horn. Go ahead and uh, read the back. R.S. So, this beer is the Common Space Cool House Awesome Chocolate Milk Stout Chocolate Molten Cake Ice Cream Beer. And I was told that I must read it to you in the stylings of General uh, General Akbar, or Akbar, Admiral Akbar. May he rest in peace. Yes, he died recently too. God, we're losing everyone. Admiral Akbar <laughs> from, uh, you know, Return I, I, of the Jedi fame. All right, I'm at the character, sir. Nice. <laughs> Chocolate Molten Cake Milk Stout. Here we go. Flavors, Dutch cocoa powder, pure vanilla extract, hops, flex extract, grist, lactose, rar pale, pale chocolate malt, Hill, cinnabar, yeast, BSI barbarian ale. This beer is an homage to an amazing chocolate molten cake ice cream from our friends at Cool House. We are sure that this unique chocolate milk stout will bring a smile to your face, as the delicious pints from Cool House always bring a smile to ours. It's a stout! <laughs> Oh, Cheers that was perfect. That. Cheers to that. <laughs> What's the percentage on this bad boy? Ah, oh, the percentage is 
Seven percent alcohol. Seven seven. That's the second seven tonight. I wonder if the third one's gonna be a seven. Oh, we're gonna get lucky. Cheers to the pint. To, to the craft. To the craft. To the craft. To the, the crafty craft. pint. Crafty pint. To the dancing horse. To the green door. Mmm. Holy crap. Wow. <laughs> mm. Liquid candy. It's like candy. <laughs> Daddy, can you ask the man for some candy? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, son. But what about for you? Okay, son. <laughs> <laughs> can I get some candy? <laughs> All right. It's a very good beer. Definitely, oh it God. tastes that chocolate. Like I'm, I'm, I'm having a brownie a la mode here, like in liquid form. Oh my god! It has a good taste, but I'm afraid it might have been the shelf life on it. Here we go. Might be a little. It might have been on the shelf for a bit. Yeah. So for a stout, it's usually less. Carbonation too. You know, yeah. I am getting a bit of kind of that like chocolate ice cream in it too. Yeah, I am, and it's it's that richness. For some reason, it just tastes much sweeter at the end. Chocolate milkshake. Like it's just like chocolate in the front, and it just gets a little bit more sweeter at the end of it. If, how like, does a beer like, do that? I don't know. This is fucking weird. It's sweet <laughs> and then sweeter at the end. That's pretty good. What what brewery company is this? Common Space Cool House. Yep. Very chocolate molten ice cream beer. Mm-hmm. It's very, uh, it's very rich. Oh Women God. founded, everybody. There you go. Way to go, ladies. Hell yeah. Cake in a can. Hell yeah. In collaboration with at Cool House LGBTQ founded and Ooh, LED. Cool House. An independent craft. Oh, Look at that. I know Cool House. Cool House is a ice cream uh, chain. Nah, you ain't that oh, cool. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> it was in, it's in Culver City. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like an ice cream floor, and it is female from. Uh, so they've ex- so they've expanded to brews. Yes. So Common cool. Space is such and a good Cool House did a collab on this beer. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to them in Culver City. Yeah, we're going to get some Holy ice cream shit. from you guys. <laughs> some show. chocolate. Now, I will let you all know for, for all those lactose intolerant peeps out there, such as myself. Definitely take a couple of lactose pills prior if you want to enjoy this lovely beverage. It's worth it. It's worth it. <laughs> Absolutely. Dude, this tastes good. Yeah. All right. Oh, with, our, with that deliciousness in our belly, let's go on to chapter 13. The Jedi. Oh, the Jedi. Ah, yes. Oh, wow. You know, this is the In the Fog episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, Holy this made a freaking shit. Jedi look like the Predator. That was so <laughs> fucking cool. Right. And... Oh, Rosario Dawson. Like a wolf. God bless you, yeah. my dear. You you pulled off a Sokotano. She did, she you did, you did her heart. justice. She did it justice. You yeah. did her justice. You, you know, and it's very hard to bring a cartoon character to life in that regard. Yeah. She did it. She, yeah, did, she it. did it. You At no point you were, were you listening and watching her and saying, that's not Ahsoka. Yeah, no point was I was I in that, in that point watching yeah. that episode. Yeah, it was... It was definitely Ahsoka, but it was definitely one that was very aged. Exactly. And she was experienced. You know? She was very stoic and just very like, mm-hmm. you know. She was a badass. Yep. She was. Her I, lightsabers were sick AF. Yeah. Yeah, dude. When you left off, right after she left off on uh, the Clone Wars 
like they gave her those lightsabers and I was just like oh shit she still has them mm-hmm. you know and right after Rebels too like she had the same ones and I was like oh yep. the fact that she has dueling lightsabers she she yeah. dual wields but you know one is obviously shorter than the other right that's that's rapier dagger yeah you know that's the fight style I learned that's a classic theatrical style Errol Flynn you know <laughs> and the fact that they're bringing that to Star Wars Butamus yes you know, very cool beautiful. Very cool. Yeah, and the fact that the lightsaber is like actually a little curved, it's mm-hmm. very unique. Okay, one thing I got to say about this episode is I got a very medieval vibe. Really? From this episode because mm-hmm. it's like the castle. It's like a castle. You know what I'm saying? And okay. it's like they're all on the front. They're all on the ridge, almost like Lord of the Rings. And they're yeah. all just like talking to her like – and she goes and she gives her demands. And then she goes into the fog. Mm-hmm. You know I got- what I'm saying? And meanwhile, Mando the whole time is just like kind of just like witnessing this on the yeah. sidelines. You know? I got kind of the uh, um, Japanese samurai vibe off of it, like a Kurosawa film. Yeah. And if you ever seen like that man's like um, filmography, it's mostly about like you know a village, you know, sort of like a fortress. How how it was in this episode, and it's being like it's being like dictated by like a. Uh, uh, by a tyrant you know it was that lady who was that tyrant and stuff and it takes up to the leader having to liberate the people Dude, and having to like fight for her. you know who she is yeah she's uh, the late- godfather the goddaughter of uh, Bruce Lee Bruce freaking Lee yeah. and I'm like I know her face but why do I know it and <laughs> yeah. you see it you see the family resemblance yeah and she kicks ass uh, and while we're mentioning that um, her psych uh, or her bodyguard is none other than who? He looks super. It was a white guy. Yeah, the white guy. It's uh, Michael Bean from The Terminator and Alien. Oh, okay. oh shit! The guy that played Carl Reese in The Terminator. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, I didn't know. Um, that was another guest celebrity. That's yeah. Cool. There was also another notable person in that episode. Um, I don't know if you guys remember the Asian gentleman who was featured in the episode. Yeah, he was. The, yeah, he came he like the, the emperor at the end. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah, he became he, the leader of that. He yeah. apparently is like basically what Bob Iger is to us here in the U.S. for the Disney company, but for China. Oh. Oh, really? He is a big wig in Disney. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. He's part of that branch. Yeah. All right. And he's part of that branch of the world. And, uh, you know, I thought it was cool. It'd be like nowadays, like, if this show was made in the 90s, like, early 90s, it'd be like if they put Mike Eisner in there. Yeah. You know? So, for all we know, Bob Iger might have been in an episode, and he could have been a stormtrooper or something. We don't know. (laughs) He could have. But, I mean, I think it's cool that they're adding that, because it's like Disney's like, like, yeah, you know, this is us. You know, we're doing this, but this is Lucas. You know? So, I think it's cool. It's like they're playing nice, you know? Like, you got both... Factions of the family, you know, getting together to make this awesome thing. And, uh, yeah. It was, that it was fight crazy. scene, though, at the end. With the, uh, yeah. I, we, we didn't even talk about ahead, that fight ahead. scene. Yeah, bro. go ahead and talk about that. Dude, it just felt like Tekken or like Mortal Kombat. Oh my God. Soul right? Caliber. Yeah, Soul Caliber. Soul Caliber, Soul Caliber. Like, Caliber. sick. Just sick as fuck. And, like, they basically went down like they went first it was the spear the um spear made out of yeah. Beskar Beskar mm-hmm. and then um she had the two little like light, little lightsabers or whatever yeah and then she dunks one of them in the water she knocks one of them out of the yeah. hand and it goes in the water and then she has one left so it's like whittling her down and stuff like yeah. that 
and then outside they're making bets. So yeah. who do you think is going to win? I wanted to mention that because I just really like that parallel, that cross cut between like them having that conversation outside the fight. And as soon as he heard the bass card like drop, he's all like, it seems like you won. Yep. You know, and this guy, you kind of already know like his backstory. He's a messer mercenary so he's gonna take the winner yeah he's gonna go on the winner and side. if he loses like he's willing to do a bet and say like hey like I'm willing he's willing to do anything to get out of that situation mm-hmm. and for him it was very unfortunate because Mano shot first <laughs> <laughs> oh hell yeah he did not only that but a lot of people didn't notice this part the robot assassin that she sent at the be like towards the beginning of the or the middle of the episode, go get Mando, like go get kill him. He was about to get Mando, and then the uh, turned around and shot him, like someone shot him, like on the rooftop. Yeah. Oh she yeah. Was, he said like, oh behind you and then yeah, someone, yeah. Dude, like he was literally for like you basically forgot about him the whole episode, and then he just comes out of nowhere and just like tries to kill him. Yeah. You know, I thought that was really cool. You know, because. It was an effort. Like, he was doing his he yeah. the, he was doing his job, you know. But yeah, wrong wrong timing, dude. Wrong timing. <laughs> <laughs> that, but that's when he gets the spear, right. right? Yeah, that's when he gets that weapon, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it wasn't like promise. Well, it was promised to him, like, oh, if you get Ahsoka, like, you could get this um the spear, and if you use that spear, it works against like lightsabers and dark sabers or any type of saber you know so it's a big advantage to him we're missing a huge part of this Grogu the Grogu's yeah of course of course the fact that you find out his name first off and you find out his backstory that he was in the Jedi Temple so he was pre-Empire yes and and, and Anakin came along that means he hid from Anakin yeah someone took or someone took him and this is the the theory that that I've had so some speculation for you folks uh, that the Empire actually snuck in there and took him mm-hmm. saving him from Anakin's wrath yeah hmm. someone did and then at that point he got separated from the Empire in yeah. some in some form of fat that's the biggest question is like who took him out maybe because they knew he was the most powerful so they were going to use him yeah. as a weapon or something because they say he was trained by many like masters mm-hmm. so he got passed around and say like oh he's really good like let's keep let's keep it going you know he had like a lot of potential you kind of Dude. You kind of get a hint of that. That's you know? crazy. So but, he literally could have been in that room. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I want to say one thing about him and Anakin. Um, I mean, the only reason Ahsoka didn't like uh, want to train him is because like he has attachment to like Mando, and then he, her her reasoning was what she says is like I seen this kind of attachment. I know what it could do to a Jedi, mm-hmm. especially this late. And she was referring to um, Anakin because mm-hmm. he got attached. And oh, yeah. he saw the potential what could happen if, you know, if you had this strong attachment and if you're that strong in the force, then it could go wrong for you. I mean, there's potential to be like on the good side. But so Grogu could be a villain. He could also be a villain. You kind of have hints of that like later in the episode. Yeah, I mean, we'll we, and that. we really don't know what, what the future has in store for us. But I mean... We know that Luke had a uh, had a training a training facility, but yeah. we're, we're we're getting ahead of ourselves again. <laughs> hint, 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 hint. Um, but yeah, it's it's it was is really cool that they tied back to that, and I think that's what I really liked. Like even in episode uh, the first episode of the season, uh, you know the 
the marshal, Timmy Oliphant's character, the fact that he was his his speed or whatever looked like part of the pod racer that Anakin had. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I love that they're that they're going tight. back to the first yeah. the, the the prequel trilogy. I mean, that's what we're saying. It's tying back a lot of things. Those throwbacks you know, are throwbacks from not just the original but all of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, even the video games. Yep. Which we'll talk about that. Well, actually, no, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. I thought it was in this episode. So it was it was really good. And, and you know, the whole thing with, with Ahsoka saying, I won't train him. Yeah. You know, and we know why. But then they're like, but you can go here and someone finds him. And good luck. That's the big, exactly, yeah. basically. Uh, which takes us to our next chapter. Huh? Yeah. Oh, that, the episode was uh, directed by Filoni. Dave Filoni? Yeah. yeah, obviously. Obviously, you because it was his character. Care, it was his character. You know, yeah. you want to make sure that, that she was done right. And All he right. did a great job. Yeah. Awesome. Um, next episode. Oh, actually, the next episode's one of my favorites. Oh, it's one of my favorite things I've ever seen in my entire life. And also one of the saddest things I've seen. But, <laughs> yeah. um... She... That episode is called The Tragedy. Yep. The and tragedy. as soon as I saw that title, I was just worried. I was like, like oh, well, God, who's going to uh, die? Who's going to die? And it was director, none other than... Robert Rodriguez. Robert friggin' Rodriguez, dude. dude. Like, of all the directors they could have brought onto this thing, they brought on the freaking Desperado okay. himself. So this is what I gotta say, is I gotta shout out to John Favreau, and, I mean, whoever selected for being able to hire so many... I think it was John Favreau there. Latin the American people, yeah. you know, yep. to be part of this series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The lead, you know, the side character... John Leguizamo, Leguizamo. <laughs> um, Ahsoka, yeah. right? Rosario, Rosario Dawson. Dawson, yeah. And then you tell me the dude, the amphibian dude. Yeah, and that dude too. Oh, what yeah. was his name? Uh, Horatio Sands. Yeah, Horatio Sands. So I mean, like he's giving he's giving us a spot in the universe. He's giving a lot, which of is awesome. Spots. And Robert Rodriguez. I knew there was. I heard that Robert Rodriguez was going to direct one of the episodes, and as soon as I saw this, I was like. This is it. I know this is it. Because <laughs> so. it was brutal. And then just his camera work was just very familiar. Because mm-hmm. yeah. he does those close-up with, like, weapons. Mm-hmm. And he's known for his brutality and just, like, the badassness. Like, they needed him because Robert Rodriguez could bring badass to the screen. Yeah. And having to uh, bring in, like, Boba Fett back... He did it justice. Oh. And just to say it, like, in the environment, to do all the shit that he did in that environment is, yeah. like, really difficult. You yeah, know? it was. He basically just had, like, a few rocks. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> so so this was this was the big... This one's the one that answered all the questions. You know, we already got that glimpse of Mr. Morrison in the very first episode. And, yes. you know, a, a hint of him in the episode, the, the guns... Was it the gunslinger? I think it was the name of that episode. Um, the, in the first where, season. Oh, the one where um, he he left her for dead. Yeah, with Fennec. With yeah. Fennec. Yeah. With so Fennec. you see, you see those spurs, those spurs. Yeah, that boots. was that was that was our Easter egg. That was our hint. Yeah. So and now it was justified, and the fact that they, they oh, I mean, they got him to reprise the role, you know. Yeah. Or to give to finally have the role to show him. We put a face to the man. Finally, and you know, we already knew what it was going to look like, but now we saw him, and he's 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 riddled. With scarring from the Sarlacc, for all we know, we don't know oh, if he was there shit. for how long. That and and that's something I want to look forward to. Right, I want to see how the f- 
hell he got out of there. Yeah. You know? I would love to see that. I would love to see a freaking Star Wars version of 28 Hours or something. <laughs> but Damn. Boba Fett inside, inside the Sarlacc pit trying to get out. And, and you know, we, we get to see him just the fact that he kicks ass even without the armor. You know, here he is with yeah. the gaffy stick. You finally get to see what that thing is capable of. That thing's cracking stormtrooper helmets like eggshells. Yeah. It yeah. was violent. And I loved it. Yes. Yeah. So brutal. So good. I, I, mean, I just love the angles that he did where, like, you know, like, a stormtrooper would jump at him or, like, you know, like, they'd yeah. come in. And then it would just those shots of over-the-shoulder shots and just long-distance stuff. Yeah. They, they they did a lot of different weapons in that. Yeah. And ships, right? Yeah. Interesting fact, like, also, I'm going to mention behind the scenes all the time. That. Please do. The whole action was actually meant to be, like, a three-minute action piece. But. He was able to do it for nine minutes because <laughs> he set up all the action. You know, uh-huh. he did little ideas and having like, oh, like, let's get this shot and then, you know, take it over mm-hmm. and just like, like he knew all the action pieces. And then that's when Grogu sends his vibe out mm-hmm. yeah. to the universe. He's vibing out. <laughs> he was literally vibing out, dude. He's yeah. just sitting on that he rock. He just fell asleep. Like, he was just like... And it was funny, but it was kind of annoying, too, because he was like, come on, kid, reach out. And then he reached out, like, at the last, like, at the wrong time, you know. And then he said, like, oh, like, dude, we got to go. Dude, but what was the tragedy at the end? Uh, He took him away. My beautiful Razor Crest. Mano didn't get there in time, and they took him. Not only that, but they blew up the friggin' Razor Crest, man. That thing, that thing was like the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, like it was up, it was getting up there. You know, it was. It didn't get a chance to get that notoriety, but it was definitely up there with Slave One as a freaking sick ass ship for for the Star Wars universe, and just for it to get cold like that was was indeed a tragedy. You know, that's and, what makes it epic. Yeah, yeah. that's and a legend. It's a, it's a double tragedy. It's, it's and mm-hmm. right after it got fixed. I know. Right after yeah. it was all shiny. It was so, un- it was so unexpected. I hated that, dude. Yep. I was like, why would you? Do this? Yeah, like why you would you do this to it, us? Dude. And then they're like, oh fuck you, Moff Gideon. I know, right? <laughs> Listen, I'm just a simple man trying to make my way through the galaxy. Aren't we all? <laughs> and, and you're taking away the ship that I like to watch. Yeah. You know? Which is uh, actually a famous line. Yeah. Made by his father. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, and I love that he said the same line. He probably said that all the time to him as a kid. Oh, yeah. That's what's so great. <laughs> and I love And I love how it's like, like people were... Spe- the, okay, that line, uh, like, I don't want your armor. I want my armor. Right? <laughs> right. The great meme showing the Mandalorian... And he's, and, he's, and he's saying, I don't want your show. I want my show. <laughs> like, hell fucking yeah. <laughs> like, fuck yeah. That is such Thank a you, Boba. Thank you. You deserve it. You've been long due, sir. Oh, that's such badass. I was. But, dude, that that left. That was the climax, I think, of yeah. the series right there. Getting going, that, going the, the, the Razor Crest yeah. blown up and getting. Uh, Grogu taken away. Now yeah. stakes are higher. Yeah, and he t- and he did salvage the little, the little uh, knob, knob, yeah. uh, shift knob. And he went yeah. badass mode. Oh hell yeah! He got mad and he yeah. sent a message you know, to Mothgill. Yeah, he was so fucking mad. He was on fucking beast mode. I would I be like, fucking mad. Oh, you kidding I, me? Yeah, bro. <laughs> you fucking explode my whip like that? 
fuck, dude. All of his weapons, all I was shit. Ta- I'm talking. I'm referring to uh, Boba Fett because the way he was like. He has so much anger towards like the empire, you know. But oh, the yeah. good thing Just is, like, he ended that episode with an allegiance. So I would say, yeah, it was a tragedy because Boba Fett got his own series and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the book of Boba. You know, but no, no. Yeah, I think uh, I think that. But at the end of that episode, like, the tragedy wasn't that that the Razor Crest was blown up and everything was taken away. It's like now it's now it's the transitional phase, like yeah. in the series. You know, because he's left without a transportation. And guess luckily, who has his armor back? Yeah, Boba Fett. And he fucking yeah. uses it. It's yeah. like it's like he never forgot how to use it. Yeah, yeah. You know? And we finally get to see the missile do. fired that he fired. Yeah, we got yeah. to see Tim- Timothy Oliphant's character fired, but uh-huh. when he when fired, he fired it, it and and took out that one ship, that was like, yeah. I was aiming for the other. One. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that man. was so sick. Uh, so the one that I wasn't expecting was the. Um, the missiles that came out of his um, out of his shins, out of his yeah, head. out of his knees. Oh, that was Joe. That was I cool. Was like, I was like, oh my god, what the fuck? Like, so good. <laughs> that was so badass. But that's that what I'm saying. Like, it's like that's like yeah. you know that in in Desperado or in um, you know like in uh, uh what's that movie? Uh, Dust the vampires. Dawn. Dust till dawn. Yeah. When he whips out the cock piece. <laughs> you, know you didn't expect you it, but expect it was it. fucking badass. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, that shit was dope. I it, mean... And then also, you know, l- lest we forget, Miss Ming-Na Wen fucking kicking ass in that episode, too. Yeah. As, well, know, she was making Phoenix her debut... Well, not her debut, but she was making her allegiance with Boba Fett in that yeah. episode. Oh, yeah. You know what he I'm saying? That's lot. what it shows. Yeah, mm-hmm. he ordered you know, a lot. And then, so. But then at the same time, now... Now they told Mando... We uh, you're we're indebted to you now. Yeah, you know. You got lucky because he got his armor back too. Right. So he's <laughs> like, you know, they got the means to do it. His ship just got blown up. It's just like, damn. Mm-hmm. And, and they're gonna use the slave one for good purposes. Yes, we get to see the slave. We get one to see more of the slave one. Hell yeah, yeah. And we get to see that in the next chapter, fifteen, the believer. The believer. Where we get introduced again to Bill Burr. I believe that's his, yeah. his character. Directed. By Hold up. Directed Wait by a minute, Ray. This is my favorite episode, bro. Fucking this Bill Burr episode. Who directed it again? Um, Bill I Burr. Wanna, no, I don't want to butcher it. <laughs> Hold on, give me a sec. Yeah, but he um, you know when I first got introduced to his character in the first season, I thought he was the evilest fuck. Yeah. Like, Dude, well, shit. well, he was. He was from a the Empire. He was a yeah, no, he was he was a, he was no, he well, he was Empire. He's yeah. he post Empire. Before, yeah. But he made a change of heart and mm-hmm. then just started playing by his own rules, mm-hmm. kind of like Mando. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's what that whole episode is about. It's like that ragtag bunch of just badasses. Well, yeah, they're, they're going by their own creed, and that was his whole thing. Is he went against the Empire because he saw that they're full of shit yeah. and that they were just using people. Yeah, I mean, they really get that across because. Uh, Oh, I want to mention that it was directed by Rick uh, Famuyiwa, and he also wrote it too. So he kind of brought in his perspective on like what it means to be like. Um, is he is he a Japanese? No, is he Korean? He's black. He's a black dude. Yeah. How he was how how do you pronounce his last name? <laughs> <laughs> I need to know this. Uh, Famuyiwa. 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 I don't know and what I said. Well, Famuyiwa. Did he direct? Famuyiwa. He, has he, he directed? Yeah, he directed. Um, 
He directed the other episode that featured Bill Blur on Bill the last season. That was oh, a great okay. episode, yeah. too. So he really got on that shit. That was my was favorite episode cool. from that season. Yeah, that was a good one for that season. Yeah. For sure. You know? So, yeah. It, I mean, working with the same director, okay. same actors, featuring that, mm-hmm. and it brought a this, lot of perspective. Okay, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, this episode was really cool because it almost showed like a third world country vibe and i see the message that they're trying to send with it right yeah it's like almost like deforestation transport of like um ecological substances yeah and while you know all these third-party villagers and stuff are just standing by in poverty how you know yeah how i saw it was like just a warlord like dictating like the whole territory around yeah Because, you know, they're up there, like, in their facility doing God knows what and then just having, like, um, transport coming in and out, like, every day. And then mm-hmm. you, it's getting attacked by pirates, you know. Mm-hmm. And they, were, they weren't pirates so much as they were literally natives that were, like, get the fuck off our planet type yeah. thing, you know. And you see the people, like, like those kids. I remember that shot of the kids. Yeah. They're driving by on that yeah. transport. That look in their face of, like, like... Like, God, we hate you, you know? Not yeah. only that, but you noticed, like, they were, there was an Asian kid, there was a black kid, mm-hmm. there was, like, a Mexican there kid, was there a was a white kid, people, you know? There was yeah. a diversity of people, and mm-hmm. that's that in itself, I think, was trying to send a big message, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is more than just, you know, mm-hmm. and this isn't sci-fi kind of a deal. It's kind of bringing stuff back into reality, but, dude... When they go into the the facility, when they drive and they do that whole fight scene, like Mando kicks ass and on top of the, on top of the ship, or yeah. not on top of the ship, but on, on that cargo, cargo freight. Yeah. And uh, oh dude, Bill Burr has to keep it at it's like speed. It's, so it's like the movie Speed. You know, yeah. they have to keep it at a certain uh, speed for it to be able to not blow up. Right. Exactly. And intense. It, yeah, it was very intense, and it's just like. I mean, there's a lot of talk between like um, between those two characters because Will Blur's character, he's like, he's basically saying like, you know, you're actually like going against everything that you're saying. You know, like what is it like? You can't show your face. He calls him out. Can't, yeah, well, you can't show your face or you can't um, take out your armor. Like, there's a big difference. Yeah. And that really brings a whole perspective on like what he believes and what he. Um, is fighting for and I think that that's when Mando truly started making his own rules yeah instead of just following this creed that you know has been so long since he's even come across another Mando cause yeah cause he's part of a second crew uh, second crew from a different creed of Mandalores cause between uh, Bo-Katan and him he's the child of the watch uh huh and they're completely different reads that uh, creed Yeah, that wants to keep like the traditions of Mandalore alive. Yeah, See, I wonder if know. the watch is just an abbreviation for Death Watch. Yeah, too, and another hint hint for people of Clone Wars and Rebels, you know, uh, like, um, yeah, that was it's just a really strong episode. You know, we we he he faces his morals. You know, he sees what his creed's about, and he sees like, do I need to apply to this? Do I need to make a decision that you know? I need to put it aside for this. Mm-hmm. And he took off his helmet. Yeah, you know, he took off his helmet. Yeah. And we get to, and, and you know, big shout out to Mr. Pedro Pascal for this this episode because, you right. know, he really showed his chops for this one, you know? Yeah. He could see how uncomfortable he was 
without wearing it. Yeah. At the same time, trying to pretend to be, you know, okay with so, he, yeah, okay yeah, with what's going on around he him. He was so vulnerable. All for the sake yeah. of, you know, this the kid that he's trying to help. And it's and that all came across. It all read. It was plain as day. Yeah. Not every actor can do that. Not with subtlety like this. Yeah. And just the fact that um, Bill Blur's character just like um, he had Saved so his much ass. He had so much respect for him. He said like, "Hey, I never saw your face." Yeah. You know. Yeah, but not only that, but like after, I don't know, man. Like he really had it out for the Empire too, man. Yeah. He was ready to you fuck get, some shit up. He's yeah. like, I'm in the center. I could stop this now. I'm going to take the opportunity to do so. I don't care if I die. I'm pretty sure Mando can handle himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't care if I die in this situation. You know, like, I'll, I can fucking die here. I, I I go back to prison. You're absolutely after right. This. Yeah, you're absolutely mm-hmm. right because he does have, you get to see like his side of the story because, um, I mean, everyone has problems, everyone has issues, or everyone has hurt, and he's trying to tell that to Mano. He said, like, yeah, you and I aren't that much different. And we actually get to see, like, um, the the problems that he'd face, you know? Like, when he was, like, serving for the Empire, mm-hmm. um, he actually called him out, and he's all like, you, you know, well, like, when do he you has know how many... With the, with the- with the chief, right? Yeah, you know how many people die and that's like, oh, they all did it for a good cause. It was they like, all did it for a good cause. Shout out to that actor. He yeah. really creeped me out. He's actually... <laughs> yeah, he's famous. Huh? Yeah, he's the guy that um, uh, played one of the the White Walkers from Game of Thrones. One of huh. the main guys, yeah. Well, he was just like the face well, and he the was, bottom he, in a bit. He was awesome in that role. Yeah. And scary. The, okay, let me just talk about the environment there was awesome. That's what I love about this whole season. Every environment's kind of different. Yeah. You know, you're not, you're leaving the last environment, going to a new environment. This one was like jungle. Yeah. You know, it was all jungle and stuff like that, which is really cool. I like yeah. that. I wanted to point out that, um, the, the fact that they didn't use like um, uh, vehicles that levitated above the ground. Yeah, this they used the vehicles with wheels. wheels. Yeah. yeah. So it was harder, and then everyone applauded them on the way in and everything like yeah. that. But their escape, dude, when they went on the air ducts, right? Yep. Yeah. Cool Cool thing about this episode that I had mentioned earlier, but when they went to the junkyard while Bill Burr's character was serving his time, yeah. you saw that like crane mechanism or something in the background? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was actually stop motion. That was not CGI. What? That what? was stop motion, and that Holy was shit. done by Mr. Phil Tepit, I believe, who did the stop motion for the original trilogy. What oh the shit! Fuck? Yes. Right. So, dude, like the fact that they're bringing throwbacks to yeah. to those. Are you serious? And that that made all the diff- that makes all the I difference in the world to me. I love stop motion. I love what it does when it's used. I noticed and, there was some. It looked a little different. That's yeah. why I was like, is that like that's either really well rendered, <laughs> you know what <laughs> no. I'm saying, or, or like you know, you know, and, or this and, streaming service is and actually the thing doing is, good. There, there's a certain, there's a certain, you know, artist, like, well, not art, obviously artistry, but I'm seeing there's a certain element that this type of movement and that type of animation has, where you know they're trying to replicate it with CG because of how yeah. you know specific it is. You know, last movie I could think of that did that was Lego Movie. That thing is CG, but the whole thing made it look like it was stop motion. Yeah, I know? believe he worked yeah. on Jurassic Park on the uh, yeah. Brachiosaurus. Krampus he also did. did that. He yeah, did. the Brachiosaurus scene mm-hmm. where it was like um, all their heads started popping off. Sorry, all their heads started popping off. That was stop motion. Yeah, I believe uh, that was all him. the animatics yeah. first for for Jurassic Park was stop motion, and yeah. then they did CG over that, which yeah, was yeah. pretty cool. And and that's what I'm saying. Like that's how powerful that art form is, and that they brought it back. 
to That's a cool. franchise that 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 had such a special place for it. The ATATs, the ATSTs, everything. everything. The rank, the well, as, I don't know if the Rancor. I know the Rancor. Everything. Was, the was flying, the thing. ships flying, yeah, was, like was, everything. Yeah. The the. Um, the shots of the Death Star moving. Yeah, that's all stop motion. That shit was and the thing is, legit. If even if it looked like herky jerky, like if it was stop motion or something, that wouldn't have taken away. Dude, from the it. Empire. Okay, the that Death Star shot was smooth as fuck. Right. It, it was, was so smooth, bro. Yeah. You know was, what I'm saying? I mean, it was a model. You yeah, know? exactly. That's like stop motion. That's you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they put enough details to work on it. You know, like, I mean, how big was it really? It's probably as big as a coffee table. Right. Maybe bigger. No, it was definitely bigger, but it I was think still it was bigger. Yeah. The, but that's what I love is that they're still using practical effects for this. It's very easy to just go all digital, but they didn't. It looks better in ages mm-hmm. where yeah. way better. And uh, other cool effect for that, we finally we get to see the seismic the seismic bomb again. Yes. <laughs> God, that sound oh, so beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. 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 Dude, I want to watch that episode in the, with the bows, dude. Yep. Oh, that's just going to be <laughs> so good. And, you know, I like... I put my bass up, my man. <laughs> any of you guys who've been lucky enough to go on the new Star Tours at Disneyland, uh, know, that's, know that that comes back in that, and we're excited. Yeah. And now you get to see it being used the again by both. Like, so good. So yeah. good. Like, you know, they didn't have to. They didn't have to do that. They did and, it. And they also but bring back it. Bill's... Uh, Bill Burr's characteristic of being a sharpshooter. Mm-hmm. Remember yeah. when he shoots that little, the shoots. Yeah, the they tank even say, "Hey, nice shot." <laughs> yeah, they knew like it was him. The whole thing blows up. That's yeah. what, that was awesome. They knew. You know? Yeah, uh, he's like, "Oh, it's too bad that he, uh, you know, died in the." <laughs> yeah, Gina, Gianna Carlo, I Gianna believe Carlo. her name. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I didn't mention her in the siege. Or any of the episodes before, but she's so great in all of this. Also a fighter, a professional fighter. Yeah, hell yeah, man. My fighter, yeah. she's a fucking badass. She got a lot of flack on Twitter for being a Trump supporter and stuff like that. You know what? I don't but care. when it comes to Mando, she's a badass. Yeah. <laughs> how can you deny how can you deny that? I think you know? that's forgivable if you know you're a Trump supporter and then you're a badass in the Mandalorian. You're, like, <laughs> you're gonna hall pass on that. Yeah, listen, politics aside, she's I she's, think she knew that, yeah. She just yeah. you know, the fact that she is a fighter. Uh, professionally and she's pulling off this acting just fine yeah you know she's fucking cool dude she's fucking dropping people through tables and shit dude when uh that one episode when she saves that little like little puppet the little mongoose looking thing Mm -hmm. that was the episode that That was was the the car weathers yeah that was the siege okay that one yeah that one that's what i'm talking about like she kicked ass she threw a guy into a guy (laughs) (laughs) that was awesome i'm gonna hit this motherfucker with another motherfucker all right (laughs) and then she saved the i wish she would have kept that little dude as a pet though that would have been sweet no she did Wait, she does have it? Yeah, because remember at the yes. end where... Remember at, <laughs> remember at the end they started questioning her or they asked her like, oh, we could always have recruits for like the... the for the New Republic. Yeah. And Before she was she actually was... feeding it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. At the end. And yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, and the cool shit. thing is... It, it, All right, we're going back. That's like a throwback to... <laughs> a little know, throwback studio to the Ghibli. Well, that's yeah. a throwback to Studio Ghibli and Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind with her little fox squirrel. Oh, shit. Yeah. Like another badass... Of the, I'm like, yeah. Oh, uh, we're doing an episode on that. Yeah. So okay okay so yes so I mean this episode all around fucking love Bill Burr he's coming up in the comedy world and for him to step foot into the Mando yeah fucking that's some balls yeah he got more praise on this episode than the last season yeah and they made his character stand out a lot which was awesome you know and he made the character stand out with his acting too yeah just him just questioning like um, Mando's like belief and his. 
moral code. Th- you know? That part with that part, I think that, what stood I out. I feel to like me, that was very Bill Burr of him. Like, the <laughs> scene with the chief is like, oh yeah, so you're just gonna let fifteen thousand people die? Fifteen thousand people died on that mission. He's like, oh well, they were all just part of the empire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were like, all good soldiers. So just like, doing oh, their yeah? job. Like, what about the other people? That they also thought they were good soldiers. Was that worth it? All the villagers that died and yeah. everything like that. Mm-hmm. Well, you gotta lose some to make room for the. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know some shit like that. It's yeah. something like that. Well, some, something something like that. dark, man. Yeah. Put it in Jack Nicholson. And then he's Joker. like, he's like, you ready? He can't make an omelet. He just said ready. He just did it right away. Yeah, he just shot that fucker. He's like, and then everyone just looked looked around the room. They're like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> and they that shoot first. Badass. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Moving on to um, the final the episode. Final of the episode. Season, the grand finale. The one that made a grown ass man cry. A lot of grown ass man cry. So yeah. So here it is. The whole thing we've been building up to. Like, oh, we've been told to love baby Grogu. And now we gotta go save him. Yeah. You know. Cool thing about little baby Grogu. Before we go on, is you know when they were designing him. And 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 John Favreau wanted him uh, like how they were designing, showing him sketches. They showed him one where he was more standing upright and he had like short yeah. hair and stuff like that. He's like, you don't understand. I want him to look like if he was like a character, f- like like a puppet from the Dark Crystal. Awesome. And I that. love that he used that as a reference for that, and it worked. It freaking paid off. Grogu is one of the most you know successful characters because he has a little nose and he has a little the big ol' eyes all about him the... everything about him he's the most successful character in media for a long time yeah oh my goodness that I can think of and First, of course no, Dis- leave it to Disney okay. makes it the marketable no check this out bro they marketed him because I paid attention to the marketing track <laughs> yeah. you could see even on the skew of retail store bar- like barcodes it would say the child yeah. Okay, so like for all the first season, all the all the parts afterward, like near before they even announced Grogu, everything from him is named the child, because they didn't want to release that information of what his name was. They could have easily put Grogu, and they knew people would have found out and yeah. made like a Reddit post about it. Oh, I saw this skew and it says Grogu. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> yeah, it's the yeah. toy company and the merchandise exactly, companies but that are usually the giver of That means that's yeah. what I'm saying. So that's why they kept it tight with them. Disney went hard on it, and they were like, okay, we have to market them per season. We have to market everything per season. Yeah. Dude, think about how much work went into, okay, we'd ha- we need to have this many dolls by this date, and we have to have this SKU number and this name on it. We can't have yeah. any other information about it. Yeah, they planned it out. Like, none of the merchandise even came out from, like, the child, you know, right after season one. It's like, oh, where, where the hell is it? Like, it, it, it came to a point where, like, you have to, like, pre-order this thing, you know? And there was lines of people wanting to, like, get the fucking doll, whatever they're going to offer, you know. And this was, like, from what I remember, was early March was the earliest release of, like, any of their dolls. Uh-huh. And I don't know. It was just, I mean, I don't know. It was such a weird decision. But at the same time, I, I, I want to call it, like, almost genius because they withhold it. They didn't just right away gave that merchandise you know like of baby Grogu like you could get a doll right away after seeing him in the first episode no they withheld it until that season ended and then they said like okay now you know what would be a funny it. easter egg if like you would press his paw and you know how he would like do different noises what if it was like Grogu 
right now, he my, learns how to talk actually my favorite noise he makes right now is Atu. <laughs> whatever he does that I don't know, it, cra- it cracks me up what every if time it, he does what that. if every time you call it Grogu it was like yeah like right? it, it you responded to it's it. voice activated like that that'd be pretty that would be cute. crazy uh, that'd be new update cute. yeah Dude, they could do that they yeah. could do that they, you know nowadays toys could get freaking de- like patches you could patch a toy dude you could patch a toy man All that's right. the type of world we live in alright awesome. so let's talk about the rescue of Grogu oh. chapter 16 directed by Pin and Reed again. first of all you gotta talk about the little tiny cuffs that they put on him cause those are so cute right <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah child oh enslavement <laughs> adorable no it was just funny that they had cuffs to fit his hands just the fact that they even had a size is just like <laughs> like what, what other creature ha- are you gonna handcuff <laughs> I just love how you see him at the, the, the episode he's just murking these damn stormtroopers freaking oh, slamming looks, them all yeah. over like you see him he's pissed that was the he's last having a damn tantrum and yeah. he's he looks he looks well he looks sad in this like episode before he looked like super sad you know he's yeah. just like that big cell block all by himself well and- I mean coming back to like his potential going to the dark side we kind of see that in that yeah at the end of that episode I was definitely was leading to that and I was just like, oh, shit. Was forced, a dark Yoda. He was force choking them. Yeah. Like, in a way, but they're actually, like, um, levitating their bodies until they mm-hmm. collapse, you know? That yeah. was crazy. Fucking, um... It was violent. It was fucking violent. But it was good. It, it, that was the Robert Rodriguez-directed episode. Yeah, of course. <laughs> See, that's Robert Rodriguez for you. And speaking of which, there's a uh, there's a small video clip that they released on Facebook, uh, and it has Robert Rodriguez playing his guitar to Grogu, the little and the puppeteer, yeah. and the puppet, and, like, and the puppets jamming to it. His little head's like bopping the music. I, that was my Christmas card this year. I just said Merry Christmas, fam, and sent. <laughs> like, that was it. Like that's the wide appeal that this character has, and you oh, know God. Robert Rodriguez is, is is pretty cool for doing something like that. Leave it to him to to do something like that. Yeah. Um, you can see like the blue screens behind him and everything yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. That was funny. Yeah. He was that playing, was this, yeah, that was the scene yeah. uh, with Boba Fett. Yeah. yeah, and he played guitar the whole yeah. time he was on set. <laughs> so the star destroyer that they had for this episode looked like something out of Rogue One, from yeah. my understanding. It was one of the ones that you didn't see really in the main trilogy, but you saw in Rogue One. So that's another throwback, you know. They're, they're, they do they're a throwing... couple, yeah. They do a couple of references from Rogue One. Actually. Rogue One was was probably the best thing to come out of the the cinematic universe to that point since the original trilogy. Yeah. And yeah. then Mando just went and said like, "Yeah, you thought that was good? How about this?" Jennifer Rose like, "Hold my beer," <laughs> you know, and 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 he, he showed it. It was it, it's phenomenal. He delivered. He damn he damn well delivered. Um, so we have them. Well, flying everyone up. delivered. Yeah. They yeah. did. Everyone did as deliver. a whole. As a whole, absolutely. Like every single a. every single director that's worked on this show. Every has single just built costume artist. Every oh, right. editor. You don't need to tell me about technicians, you know, man. They're, it's they're a sound producer. The backbone of everything. You know what I'm saying? That's what <laughs> that's what we want to give, really give the shout out to the craft of it all. Yes. You know, absolutely. it takes a lot of people to make something like Mandalorian, and a lot you know, of man hours to do all that that whole set. You know. Like the three D like, models, yeah, you know, oh, the actual set building, teams. the costuming, so it's good. Just teams of teams, just the people that built together. the actual room where yeah. Favreau started doing all the new stuff, yeah. Which you know we talked about the big old screens, right? Yeah. So, 
I mean, did we it talk takes about a lot the of big people. old screens? Yeah. Did we tell you about that? The, well, I know about it. The big, the big old four K screens. Yeah, the LED screens. Yeah, these yeah. like that. That is so cool because that that gives a reference right then and there to the actors themselves, so they play off of that. You know. Yeah. So really talking about this episode, <laughs> gone on a tangent. Yeah, it just starts off with them having to go um, chase like an imperial fleet uh, ship. And they get the doctor from like the the first few episodes, uh, Dr. Pershing. I believe that's his name. Feinstein. Feinstein. Oh, Pershing. Pershing. Yeah, Pershing. And I, one of the things that stood out to me, just more history, it's just like um, uh, Gina, uh, Gina's character. Gina Carlo. Gina Carlo's character having to like have that standoff with that one guy. And then he tells them, like, oh, I seen your planet blow up, uh, which we find out, like, she was from Alderaan. Yep. You know? Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, that that planet had no hope. Like, even if we blew it up, like, we did we did you guys a favor because it was just, like, full of terrorism or, like, different factors having to Damn. destroy, the, uh, you know, that society. Yeah. And she really got fucking mad. That's the oh, last yeah. thing you I mean, what if do. they said that to us? Like, and we were, like, in outer space, like, living in outer space. Like, well, that's why we blew up Earth, because, you know, like, well, I mean, screw you guys. And uh, we aimed at Metico specifically. <laughs> well, I mean, it, you. it's, you know, a lot of people can relate to, to, can relate to something like that. You know, here you have, you know, we live in a world full of tragedy. Yeah. And somebody makes light of that tragedy. That's, that's you know, you. Yeah. Them's that, fighting words. Them's is fighting words, yeah. you know. And, and, you know, they did that. On a fictional level, but it still held true for a lot of us, you know. Yeah, I did. And and you know, it was a very powerful scene. And she told him, "You better stop. You better stop. She you better okay, stop. fine, fuck you." And then she just shot him right in the face, you know. And he had it coming. Absolutely, a whole clever thing from that point about getting into uh, Moff Gideon's uh, cruiser. There had it coming. Yeah. Yep. You know, yeah. Ever since the first chase. season, had it coming. It had it coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're gonna go against one of the most successful bounty hunters in the universe right you had it coming yeah I mean the fact that he made her mad is like just stop just stop right now (laughs) (laughs) it's like it's like a Trump character really you know I wish like he's just like blurring out so much shit and it's just like dude just stop you know and you're gonna get shot in the face by the wrong person one day (laughs) <laughs> one day one day by well, the wrong person or the right person who knows <laughs> yeah so right words so they have the whole scheme of yeah about you making the making the the ship being chased by yeah. uh, the slave one you yeah. know to get close you know pretty cool yeah pretty smart little thing you know he's hanging back oh and earlier in this episode which we didn't they mention recru- it all yeah they recruited the, the whole thing with with between <laughs> Bo-Katan and Boba Fett yeah. about talking about whether or not he's an actual real Mandalorian and all that stuff. I'm finally glad that all this was put to rest. His dad was a foundling and he inherited the freaking, you know, the armor. Yeah. That's awesome. Like, they they, they, they finally solidified that. Yeah. Also, you know? another um, conversation where they were throwing insults at each other and just getting it, each other agitated. You know? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like now it's a theme. I'm not realizing this. Because they're... I mean, they're saying like, oh, like this armor was like from my father. It's like, oh, don't you mean your donor? Yeah, like, and oh. That really threw him off. And then yeah, it is. Like, mm-hmm. And then he's like, he actually insulted back. Yeah, and then, careful there, princess. <laughs> yeah, it's like, careful yeah, there, princess. And then 
they actually really got into it and that's and that's where Sasha Banks got to shine she did a freaking I forget the name of the move that she did on him (laughs) she just like RKO'd freaking Boba Fett and it's like yeah she did that and I was like oh shit there it is that's why they they cast her yeah and they both got up and then they threw their flint Mm -hmm. yep and I you was know, like, enough. My friend, my one of my friends, you know, he said like, like, damn, Boba Fett got her killed like a bitch. <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, well, he fucking fed her a table. So <laughs> it went back and forth. Good little bit of, you know, putting aside your whole things. But, you know, calling Boba Fett a sidekick, like, yeah. that rubbed me the wrong way. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is already. You like, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, there's already tension at this episode. Oh, yeah. Like, the intro with... Uh, Gina well, Carlo, I then, mean, this is the end of the season, so there's yeah. a lot of tensions that are building from all different it's sides. It's just tension, a lot of having, emotions. but it was just a lot of tension bringing this team together and having to like execute this plan, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're lucky they got the shit. They right. did it for free. They did it for Grogu. They did oh. it for that little bastard green baby. Because once you saw them, they're all in love, and they say like they got Grogu. Yep. You will never find them. Exactly. <laughs> and then they turn around. They're like, oh, you know what? Let's fucking do it. Yep. Let's do okay, it. Okay, so what if Han Solo and Chewbacca came along the way in the next season? Uh, I mean, that'd be something. Yeah. I mean, and but, they did the facial reconstruction like they did on the end of this that, episode. Either that. All right, let's get let, into hold that. Hold on. Before we... No. No. There's a lot of good stuff <laughs> okay, that happened before right. that. I'm sorry, but there is. I'm getting excited here. Okay. I mean, you guys aren't even talking about the freaking Dark Troopers, for Christ's sake. Now, before the Dark Troopers, dark we troopers. had the Death Troopers that we saw in Rogue One. Right. You know, they were the first generation of this. You know, they were... I mean, the only difference was that they were human. They finally took out the human flaw, you know, and they had these droids. Yeah. They're basically Darth Vader without any of the force powers. That's what these things were. Yeah, exactly. And and they were it was a it was a whole platoon of these things. They were nightmarish. Yeah. And Mando had his whole time suffering trying to fight against them. And and he, you know, he he holds his own. He luckily has the the best Gar spear with him. Holds his own against this thing after a yeah. fight that almost took his life and then jettisons the rest out to space. <laughs> And as a fool, I'm thinking like, "Oh yes, he jettisoned them. He's safe." For me, I and then was I like, forgot. Was Wait, too easy. They're not human. Wait, yeah. they have jetpacks. <laughs> oh shit, dude! <laughs> like, as soon as they say, as soon as they say, like, "Oh, something's coming into the atmosphere close to the ship," it was like, "Any life forms? There's none." Yep. Now I was like, like, "Oh crap! Oh, they're coming back." Yeah, they're coming back. <laughs> it's all over. So, I mean, that whole episode was just like. Pow, pew pew you know get they're getting through the whole the whole factions of all these stormtroopers yeah. these dark troopers there's a very awesome board game out that uh, fantasy flight put out a couple of years ago called imperial salt completely reminded me of that game it's basically a dungeon crawler but set in star wars yeah so cool and that's exactly what it was i was watching like an adventure you know a fantasy adventure these guys getting past these like suits of armor that were enchanted you know and and i'm watching this ha- layout before my eyes like this is this is awesome there's something else and Giancarlo Esposito's, you know, character, um, Moff Gideon, just being very smug. And, you know, he's like, he's like, even if you don't think I have the upper hand, I have the upper hand. And always assume I know everything. Exactly. Always assume I know everything. Like, so good. And oh, then you get the backstory about the Darksaber. Yeah. You know, which was introduced to us, in, at least in, in visual form, in Rebels. Also, the oh Clone no! Wars. In Clone Wars, Clone, Clone Wars, Wars, you're right. Yeah, and you know the whole backstory about how the ruler of Mandalore is the one who wields the, the dark saber. Yeah, and this is did. something even going back further to you know the 
the uh, the old republic. Yeah. Or oh, the lore from that. The lore era. from that, and I'm like, oh man, are they gonna make old republic stuff now? That that's what we need next. You know, yeah. that's gonna be like Lord of the Rings I meets think, Star Wars. I think they have plans to do. I think they have plans to do the old republic era. Oh, I'm sure they have machinations. That that to me is the obvious next. But. You know. I want to just point out, like, just, like, that tradition. Like, everyone was just rolling their eyes, like, dude, just get the fucking Darksaber. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of tradition going into their part of the creed of Mm -hmm. Mandalore. Mm -hmm. And at this point, like, Mando's just, like, he's done everything to break, like, all his rules just to get to at this point. And he's, he's also, like, in agreement, like, just take it, like, who cares, you know? So he just speaks a lot about, like, his arc in this whole season and it builds up to this and there's a problem like it can't be played out like that Mm -hmm. because they have their own set of rules Mm -hmm. and he's a complete different person and he's all like he's like just take it I don't care yeah he's just like like, who cares and that would be interesting and that's also that's the setup yeah that's That's the setup for the next one one. yeah you know whatever they do with that and totally and absolutely looking forward to it yeah Um, but yeah they uh so they get into it, defeat the the. They get ding, Moff Gideon up ding, to the thing, yeah, and then uh, then the dark troopers come back, right. Oh, and all of a sudden shit. it's like, Attention. oh, now we're fucked, like Attention. because we've expended <laughs> everything. No matter what we do, we're screwed. So now it becomes like this whole tower defense game, trying to keep them at bay and stuff. And that's when it happens. Then the X-wing mysteriously shows up. Oh. One X-Wing were saved. I know. But the thing is, they're like, okay, who's this X-Wing? And then all of a sudden, They boom, just don't know, but You we see know. that green lightsaber, and this cloaked figure come out and starts destroying Small these dark troopers too. in the same fashion that Darth Vader was destroying the rebel troopers in Rogue, Rogue One. One. Like father, like son. Here you go. Exactly just slashing the them back part, and forth, yeah. slaughtering them. Dude, and then it gets to... He finally gets to the door of the bridge. They let him in. They don't even let him cut it down. They let him in. And then he removes his cloak and you see the face. And that's when tears welled up in my eyes. Luke. And I don't know why. I don't know what it was about it. I think maybe, to me, the motion was, I'm seeing an old friend. Yeah. You know? To me, I grew up watching watching his exploits and seeing him come back and have such a, a, a strong role in this that all ties back to this, that it wasn't just built upon... You know stuff that already existed, but goes back to it. Oh, I mean, it was it was. I don't even have words. Yeah, and you know the CG wasn't bad. On his face, it wasn't bad. It was bad. a whole lot better than Rogue One. It was better. You know, poor 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 Princess Leia. Yeah, they didn't do her dirty. They did. It was all right, but in this it was yeah. better. And that's why a lot of people are wondering: Are they going to cast Sebastian Stan as young Luke in future 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 things? Yeah, but. Oh, just the emotion of seeing him and seeing R2 and it's just it's like I think I speak for everyone when I say this that it was nice to see something like that at the end of this year yeah. in particular yeah cause you needed to see that because like I mean a lot of people were speculating like he reached out to like a Jedi and he's like the only Jedi you think of is like Luke mm-hmm. where everyone's thinking like oh maybe uh, Ezra Bridger or something if he's or still alive or Mace Windu yeah or Mace Windu yeah the thing was once that green saber was it's like oh don't have doubt it was always gonna be Luke mm-hmm. you know like Luke was like it makes he sense he was the way he was the way to go <laughs> he was the way dude like literally yeah 
it was just very, very emotional for me. But also, it was just really great. But what beautiful. about when Mando took off his helmet? And then you see baby Grogu caress his face. Oh, yeah. That, and of And then they kiss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe in your fan fiction. Oh, God. In your head canon. No, but, dude. You know, my th- friend literally told me, he's like, dude, I don't know why, fool. Like, when I saw that scene, I started crying. <laughs> <laughs> when he touched his face, I couldn't cry. Well, listen, it was a whole, it was literally. Shout a, out to Jose. It was, a father, right. it was a father-son moment. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, um. Very emotional end to to this arc. Yeah. It was a very good end, you know. Yeah. And it seemed a little sudden to me at least us and I'm only saying it's sudden because yeah. I wanted to see more of it. Right. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, it's kinda sad because like they go in there to save him only for him to like give him up. Yeah, to be same, taken right away. At that same moment. Mm-hmm. You know. And it was like oh, it was all of a sudden, like you said, and it's just like well, I completed my mission, so here's the Jedi. So, here it is. And then, he wasn't expecting it, and it all through that unexpectedness, he was. I think that's why he was like, like the that's most, how much fight the was most sad to, he was. But know? that's how much the fight, like, of the Sith, like going against him of not, like wanting him to go with Luke, like trying to fight him going with Luke, like yeah, trying to keep Grogu away from going with. What what his destiny was, yeah, you know. But if Mando and them weren't there, there wouldn't be a chance. Yeah, I mean, wherever he's gonna go, he's gonna have that attachment to him, you know. And it might affect him in the future. We're not sure right now, but as of now, like he's gonna get trained. He's gonna be trained, probably like right besides like Kylo uh, Ren. What? Well, that's the whole thing. This was the tie-in that I mentioned way earlier. Is that? Yeah. We know that Luke establishes a school. Was Grogu part yeah. of that class? Was Kylo was Kylo that. Ren a part of this class? Did Kylo Ren kill Grogu? That's also another thing. Or did Grogu like Did Grogu give him? Kylo Ren that scar? What scar? Doesn't Kylo Ren have like a scar? On his yeah, face? but that was done by Ray. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. See, yeah. see, I I haven't stared into Adam uh, Adam Driver's face as no, because he does get a scar. He gets scarred. Yeah, he's scarred at the end of uh, the. Force yeah, that's Awakens. how he gets the scar. Yeah, but um, uh, but yeah, so they tied it into the further ones, you know, and it's it's just masterful. It's very well done. Yeah, it, this that's what the thing with this show is. It could have been a cash grab, one hundred percent. Could have been easily. Could have been, and it wasn't. <clears throat> Not the habit. It became yeah exactly thank you not the <laughs> Hobbit because you know as much as as I love Peter Jackson there was a lot of bullshit in I that. love the Hobbit no you didn't yeah Guillermo del Toro no, was lying. part of that too he's yes I know I, and yeah, I love know. Guillermo del Toro okay we'll Absolutely. talk about that another time that's another that's another man shout out day. shout out to Lord of the Rings yes shout out to Lord of the Rings shout out to Peter Jackson and everybody yeah. involved but um but yeah it could have been the Hobbit and it wasn't it was it was its own thing and. It put Mandalorians up there, at least with me, with Jedi and Sith. You got your three factions. You got your two Force users, your Jedi and your Sith, and your not Force users, which are the Mandalorians. And I think all three of them, they, they all could go toe-to-toe with one another. Yeah. And They're I fighters. think that's pretty cool about it. Um, I actually have an interesting question, because I watched like, the end of Clone Wars and um, a little bit of Rebels, but they kept saying, like, uh, especially this season that Jedi's and Mandalores are like natural enemies. 
That's from the old republic. They were they were old enemies. You okay. Know? They warred against each other, like actual war, and that's where the dark saber came okay. from. Yeah, that's oh, where my conf- that's where my confusion came because at the end of Clone so did Wars, they forge that together or something yeah. like that? But, or maybe a Mandalorian was I uh, see I don't yeah. know the backstory behind it. See, because it kind of looks like a lightsaber, yeah. but it's also like made out of Beskar. Kind of, I don't right. Yeah, like the blade of. looks like it's See, best well, the, it the like, butt of it. You're talking about, yeah. right? Well, yeah. I mean, like the whole, like the blade of it, like the inside of it looks like it could be like some kind I feel of metal. Like just like I don't know. It looks I don't like a badass like samurai sword like with like an exterior of lightsaber. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But the I thing mean, is, it's not a straight up blade. It is like a lightsaber, but you know, it's 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 its own thing. And I I, I would. They sure made it sound like one when it hit the best car spear. Yeah. You know, like ding. Yeah, <laughs> that shit was awesome, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I guess uh, yeah, we could look at the whole thing now. We could probably go into our final thoughts now that we went to the whole series. Jeez, yeah, final thoughts on this. Um, final thoughts. You could you could also um, include your speculation of what could season three could be. You know, season three could be. It could be about the whole conflict with Mandalore. That's Is what he? I think. It's is gonna he be like the, gonna be the ruler. I don't think he wants. To I don't be a think ruler. he wants to be, but I yeah. think it is gonna be about reclaiming Mandalore. Yeah, I think, and I think that'll be still good to watch. Yeah. I think they're gonna find a dragon within that reach. <laughs> gonna come across that dragon that they always say they always talk about. Oh, the 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 uh, the mythosaur. Yeah, yeah, that'd be yeah. cool. We get to might be able to see a mythosaur. Yep. Holy shit. We rode the mighty mythosaur, as uh, Quill said. Yeah. Another Boba thing, Fett's going to ride the mythosaur, bro. Another it's going to be legit. Men- another thing that's mentioned, but, you know, we're yet to see it. <laughs> you know, and I know at the end of this series, the whole thing for the preview for the book of Boba Fett. The fact that he went back into yeah. Jabba's palace and they they recreated right. yeah, that yeah. so faithfully, right. oh, and and they and they're freaking uh, Biff, Biff Fortuna sitting on the fucking throne, fat that. as fuck, <laughs> fat as fuck. So if you're a crime syndicate lord, do you just automatically get fat? No, nah, maybe, maybe not. I don't so know. Is Boba I think on that planet, you do. I mean, Dar- you Darth do. Maul didn't. Darth Maul didn't. You're right, you didn't get fat. Yeah, but so, he was a crazy guy. But then again, he doesn't have legs. That doesn't have to do anything with anything. <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, that, that I'm looking for that like so bad. It's gonna be, I think it is phenomenal. Like, yeah. I, yeah. it's gonna be so <laughs> when he good. Died. That was so funny. Boba Fett having his own like, show. <laughs> I think that's what everyone thought the Mandalorian was gonna be to begin with. Yeah. Is Boba Fett gets his own show? Yeah. And they're like, nope, it's its own thing. Like, okay, well, are they going to introduce Boba yeah, Fett? Like, was, oh, there he is. There's like, a lot of speculation on that. So, yeah, he gets his own show. We get to see it. And then maybe we'll get that episode I want. Yeah. Talks about how he got out of the fucking Sarlacc I think pit. so, too. It's called The Book of Boba Fett, so he could trace back to, like, when he was So maybe it could be... Yeah, it could be towards, flashbacks. Maybe it could be yeah. everything up to where he meets Mandalore. Like Mandalore, like the Mandalorian Mandalore. in that when episode. When he first saw him. Yeah. When he first saw him. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, I could that be would be sick, man. Like that, that could be the first season. Everything up to the first season. Yeah. Like from him getting up to the out of the Sarlacc pit so to him wanna, meeting. So him taking over Jabba's palace, he means he's the boss now, huh? He's gonna get fat. <laughs> get fat. Fatter. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't think he has <laughs> any desire to get fat. That's one of the things. Too a lot many of, people... of those uh, those uh, milky beers. Yeah. 
that's one of the things that a lot of people criticize. It's like he got fatter, and the fact that it was like five years after the Return of the Jedi, he was like, "Why does he look like that?" Because he's a fuck. <laughs> I mean, look, <laughs> there's a lot of backstory that they have. He did covered. him justice, didn't he? He did. That's all that mattered. That's then there you go. <laughs> he got representation. Fat. It's a representation nation. Everyone's getting represented. Representation galaxy. Okay. Representation galaxy. And then that Asian chick was up there just like drinking that blue juice. And she's just like, I'll have it good. Just being a pimp. Yeah. She got fortunate. She got, saved. she got saved and she's she's the side guard. Well, I wonder if she has a life syndicate. debt with him now too. She's probably going to be like she's, his, her like, her right hand, obviously. Yeah. You her consigliere. Yeah. underboss, if you will. Yeah, so you could kind of see that at the end of that, and then you just see, boom, the book of Boba Fett. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, I feel, okay, I feel like, just uh, talking about speculation, because they did say, like, season three of Mandalorian is going to happen right before Christmas. But what if, like, the book of Boba Fett is right after that season of Mandalorian? Could be. Like, it just premieres on on uh, on Christmas. Jeez. That Christmas weekend. Well, we can only hope, Sergio. Yeah. It looks like they got their production down, and I bet it's a lot easier to act when you got a bunch of 4K ske- screens like showing you exactly what you're supposed to be reacting to. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, you know, it's one thing I wish that they showed, but they didn't show in this series. We Maybe maybe we'll get in the next season. Who knows? Wishful hip. I would love yeah. to see a fight between Mando or Boba Fett with a freaking Rancor. Like, I'd love to see them bring back the Rancor. Oh yeah, in, su- in some way, shape, or form. I want to see some Ewoks. Make it a make it a whole, oh, a whole you know survival thing. And yeah, Ewoks would be great too. But make it like a survival thing, like they're stranded somewhere oh, and they'd be attacked by a Rancor. <laughs> That'd be cool, dude. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They could even bring Han Solo into it. Yes, that's what I would you love know to what see. I'm Han saying Han Solo, yeah. Han Solo into Chewbacca. Yeah, I could definitely see that. You just need to improve that little um, face composition. They will. They will. They, they will. will. This facial reconstruction shit's gonna get better. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the IMAX, the conversion, maybe the next one. It's gonna be bigger. It might it's be, be longer. It might yeah. be bigger. The episodes might be longer. The episodes might be an hour. Right. That's what we want. Yeah. Right. You would watch it if the episode was an hour, like Boardwalk Empire, like HBO kind of status. You yeah, know. Yeah. Because they've been a little off. It's between thirty minutes to four. Another another final thought. Yeah. If they do the Book of Boba Fett, and they do make them an hour long, guess what? You might be able to only see that on Disney Plus Premium or something like that, where you have to pay a little extra to be able to watch the new episodes and you stuff know, like as that. As much as I wouldn't put it past no. them to do that, there it's they they have most people unfortunately in the palm of their hand now. They're gonna pay that money. They're yeah. gonna, they're gonna do that it, money. bro. That's what I'm telling you. So it's that's what terrible. I look yeah. forward to it. Look yeah. forward to it because I'm telling you, it's not. I don't have a doubt in my mind. The, as hard as that marketing team goes, they know what they have. You know what I'm saying? So everybody out there, if you're a true Mandalorian fan, just don't go hard on the merchandise. Just kind of ease it back. <laughs> and just take uh, it easy. Enjoy the show for what it is. And just remember, this is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. Done by Sergio in the beginning, by the way. All right, everybody. Well, uh, are we going to do a sip on this? Uh, What's our other beer? All right, so 
We're sipping on cosmic pyrokinesis. Oh, jeez. I'm spelling something like a jerk. It's pretty good. Oh, my goodness. Tropical, fruity, hazy, bubblegummy, tart, sweet, IPA, light IPA, not much hop, enos. No, not as much. This is almost like a... Oh, it tastes like bubblegum. It tastes like bubble stash a little bit. That bubble stash from Hoss Valley a it little tastes... bit. That's what I'm getting at. You know what it tastes like to me? Look, kind of like Fiend Dumon, bro. What? No, it doesn't. <laughs> like that bubblegummy kind of taste at nah, the end. Fiend Dumon tastes more like... A little bit more juicier and more yeah. like... Okay, what's your sip on this, Surge? <laughs> sip on this. Oh, I did the thing. We're on. Sip on this. Sip on this. Sip on this. Sip on this. All right. I just want to talk about the new movie that came out Christmas Day, Pixar's Soul. God damn it, that was mine. Let's share it. Let's share it. All right, cool movie. Um, Quest like Love it. does the voice of the drummer. Wait, who? Of Curly, the drummer. Yeah. He does Quest Love, the drummer oh, really? from the Roots. Oh yeah. shit. He does the voice for him. That makes sense. And uh, yeah, really cool movie. A lot of detail, and everything. Sound, ideas, the 3D models were freaking epic. Yeah. There was a lot of dimensional things that they did. Yeah. I Check it out. Yeah. I, I'm i going to go on, I'm going to piggyback on Manny's because that was actually my sip on this. And honestly, like what we were talking about like last week about uh, Christmas movies, it has a lot of the tropes. It has a lot about like, um, be careful what you wish for type of things it things that like um just appreciate what you got really because that's the movie that's the, the christmas message, spirit you know even though it wasn't a chris it, it had the christmas spirit it had the christmas spirit but there was nothing christmasy about it yeah like, you know there was no christmas seg- segment on it not like wonder woman i love the jerry's the jerry's are fine I'm jerry the jerry and the terry's yeah the Nerys. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I noticed about this movie is, like, a lot of the people's, like, physical, like, models, their bodies. They look like caricatures. They were different. Yeah, they were all different and very, like, characteristic, you know? Like, we got the main character whose head looked like a fucking, like a pier or like a like fucking a mango. Well, there, there were caricatures. <laughs> they were just, like, yeah. At the same time, I, I remember I read an article saying that that this movie made black folks look like black folks. Okay, yes. Yeah. Um, the like hair. Mm-hmm. The detail work that they did on the hair of everybody. The barbershop in general. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, they had everybody, like, the like the way they, like, the way, you know, because I, I have black friends and I know how they talk. I know how they, like, yeah. they do their gestures. You know, it's very specific. You know, it's just like Mexican people or Asian people. You know, like everybody's, everybody's got their gestures, their things that they do. You know, we all know that Korean people like to, like, like smoke a cigarette and, you know, just like 
It's Perch. Which is cool. That's what they do. You know what I'm saying? And in this movie, it showed them, like, jazzing out. Yeah. It showed them, like, at the barbershop doing what they need to do, making their money. And in specifically, I want to talk about that scene, dude, with the Curly barbershop? when he talks about, like, oh, yeah. He's like, I wanted to be a veterinarian. You know? Yeah, veterinarian. Yeah, yeah sorry. Sorry. Spoiler alert, everybody. <laughs> we, I guess we don't do those anymore. We kind of yeah. just assume everyone's watched it. Now. I mean, I I like that scene too because it just makes you think it's about real. like yeah, because you think about your barber, you know? Cause yeah, you kind of have a special relationship with like the person who cuts your hair because they're like cutting your hair and you're striking conversation throughout the whole time. And I kind of see like the relationship between him and um, the main character because they say like, "Oh, I never knew." this much about you you know like you and then he said like oh well you never asked you know all we talk about is like jazz yeah and because they switch bodies that's yeah the reason so he, he was you could get a sense that he's introverted but also like with a new person in his body you get a different perspective you know who did the voice of 22 right tina fey yeah yeah that was a good casting choice. I like the part where she's like, where they say like, "What do you sound like a middle-aged woman? <laughs> like, middle-aged a woman. Like, like a four-year-old, like a four-year-old, no, like middle-aged, middle-aged white woman. You white sound woman. irritating as heck. I'm like, oh god. <laughs> and then you know what's so it's funny? Like, yeah, they I know it's bodies. effective. Huh? They switch bodies, like, uh, yeah, like you could totally see that, like Tina Fey's voice coming out of the cat's body. Yeah, it's a switch. And move, you know so, what I'm yeah. saying? It's like that Freaky Friday vibe. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things I didn't expect because, like, initially it was like, oh, they, they were. They showed nothing about that. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they did. Marketing. It. Marketing. All, all they did is, like, show the first half of the movie. And they the got you on a half, good hook. The second half was like, oh, they switched bodies. That was a big old switcheroo at the second half of the movie. Well, it, felt, it was more than the second half of the movie. It was the majority of it. I like the Moon Man. The moon man. The moon man guy. <laughs> on that. I want that little pirate ship that they were going on. I yeah. want that thing. That thing yeah, looked that awesome. Yeah, thing looked awesome with the tie-dye. With, no, with the, with the uh, anchor that was the peace sign. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah but with, the, with the tie-dye sails. And then, and then yeah. the girl was like, and I'm a meditating, like, girl in Berkeley. Or yeah. <laughs> Something like that. That like, was awesome. they were in the zone and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was funny. Great movie overall. You got to take a look at it. I know we talked a lot about the details, but... uh yeah, dude. Just check it Very out. well rendered. I mean, if you're a graphics person, I got to point out when you go in, when he goes into the jazz club, the half note, and he sees uh, the girl playing or the woman playing the yeah. sax right there, you mm-hmm. could literally see the peach fuzz on her on her cheek. Dude, even the sax caught me off guard seeing the engravings on the sax itself. Dude. The light yeah. that catches you. off of it. Beautiful amazing work man amazing work and I wish I could have seen this on a bigger screen but you know it is what it is and the circumstances but you know what we were able to see two movies that would have been out in theaters today for the price of one baby that's true I would have watched Soul on a big screen we watched uh, Wonder Woman yeah 84 1984 not as impressive as the last Wonder Woman that's why I watched Soul first before I watched Wonder Woman yeah, but Soul was definitely they did a lot of very interesting. Yeah, because that's the one movie I was looking forward to once they announced that. But yeah, that's our sip on this, I guess. Well, everybody, it's been a great time with you all, and I hope you've had a great drink and sip on this with us. The Mandalorian is a great show that I think uh, a lot of people from young and old could really see and see something positive in. 
even though there's crazy violence and a lot of, you know, non-real things. <laughs> so practical effects and CGI. <laughs> <laughs> magic, if you will. Movie magic. Industrial light and magic. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And, uh, you know, I hope you have a good holiday. We just want to shout out to all you people that have been listening to us from Ireland. To the UK. To the UK. To Sweden. To Scotland. To Scotland. To Brazil. To Brazil. Not to mention Ohio, Colorado, Washington, Texas, New York. The United States. Arizona. And California. Thank you. Thank you all. And uh, we're going to try to put out a cool episode, a little mini episode for you guys before the end of the year. We'll see if it could happen. But uh, thank you for listening. This has been The Craft. This is Golden Craft Cast. If you want to reach us out, uh, we're at Golden Craft Run at gmail.com or Golden Craft Cast at IG, Instagram, my friends, Instagram, and on Spotify. You could listen to us on Spotify. A lot of people are listening to us now on different podcasting yeah. platforms. Yeah, wherever so, you're listening, just uh, if you could throw a review there, that'd be great. A good yeah, one. Let, a let good us one. know when. Uh, let <laughs> us know one. where you're listening to us at. That yeah. would be really cool because we're interested in seeing all these different uh, platforms that you guys are listening to us at, yeah. and uh, you know. Thank you for listening. Thank you to our guest. Thank you for having me on your uh, show. So much fun. For being such a guest and knowing so much about these, you know, episodes and everything about the quilt that makes Star Wars. If anything, I'm really good at being such a guest. A guest is a guest that's ever guest is a guest. I guess. Be our (laughs) guest. Be our guest. (laughs) Made a fine gorilla chest. (laughs) All right, cheers, everybody. Have a good one. To the craft. Merry no, it's not Merry Christmas. Happy New Year's. Happy New Year's. Wherever you're at. Happy holidays. Happy Kwanzaa. Fuck 2020. Fuck it. All right, cheers, everyone. Signing off. This is the way. (laughs) Woo woo woo.